guy's probably fought hundreds of thousands of other super beings on the other planets he's destroyed, right? And we have to assume he's won. I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us. Not us united. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm Brian. And I'm Devin. And joining us for our 200th episode is friend of the show. You've heard the name. Now you get to see the face and hear the voice. Friend of the show, Chad, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. It's an honor. It's a blessing. It's uh Okay, that's enough. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's enough out of you. Uh, all right, so if anyone doesn't know, uh, Chad was... Uh, I met Chad in film school yeah. at Penn State, and we became very good friends. Um, and I introduced him to Devin during my yep. the filming of my senior film, which we're going to do on the podcast one of these days. Oh, we have to. Because um, I have oh, the rights to that. Oh. We can just stream that here. Um, <laughs> and then Devin played me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think you just said that. Yeah, he, I, I, did. no, I didn't say that. The film was based on Chad, and Devin played Chad. Uh, mm-hmm. It was fantastic. It's so good. Probably not, but it was my film, so <laughs> I'm going to say that. say that anyway. It was fun um, and then I went on to live with Devin for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they were roommates. Yeah, for a little, what, a year or something? I think it was about two years. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Was the second year you moved out, we both moved out. Because you moved out, then I moved out because I didn't want to be there for long. Over that soup shop that definitely wasn't a front for something. Totally, totally legit. Definitely wasn't. About Devin. They, had, they had all of one customer all year. <laughs> they had three cups of soup. So, Ryan, what is your personal connection to Chad? Okay, uh, first on. time I met him was at your New Year's Eve party. Yeah, that's right. I was. Yep. Yeah, because I remember I was at the New Year's Eve party and uh, not um, wearing a suit. Was it that New Year's Eve party? Yeah, it was that. I don't New remember. Year's. Oh yeah, I remember being at New Year's Eve party and like, this is my friend Ryan. I'm like, oh hi Ryan, nice to meet you. Hi Chad, how are you doing? I remember that's how the <laughs> conversation went, and then we like went our separate ways for a while, and then I think we start talking about baseball. Yep, yep. We talked about baseball for a while. Yep, for like four hours on the couch because you were drunk and I was drunk, and that's all we could think of. At the I, I remember, <laughs> I remember two things about that New Year's party. One, Chad disappeared at like two o'clock in the morning, walked to Sheets, and came back with champagne that he drank on my front porch in front of a cop. That was with Greg. That it was it was Greg and I with friend of the show Greg. Yeah, and two, yep. I got so drunk. My wife and I pulled a prank that I wanted to do for years, where I just disappeared for like ten minutes and came back with a plate of scrambled eggs and a bowl of salad. And I was like, like offering it to people, and everyone's looking at me weird. I was like, I don't know what to do with all this tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Oh I forgot my gosh. about that. I remember, you, yeah, you barged in the room, and I was just like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> so that's what you said. I remember you coming back and I was talking with, 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 was it some people and you yelled something and I remember Chad laughing. I don't think half the people there heard what you said. Cause you shouted it so yeah, quickly and probably. loudly that it was just like a yeah. coming in the back of the room. Uh, <laughs> I mean, solid Frazier reference though. Yeah. It was. Cause yeah. It, Cause I'm yeah. I okay. It. So we buried the lead long enough. Uh, before we get into the podcast proper, we're going to talk about the winner of our superhero movie, March Madness. Uh, we've been doing this for the last few weeks. Uh, it's been a crazy ride. We had a Marvel, we had the bracket going. Uh, let me see if I can pull, I think I still have it here. Yeah. This is the bracket we started off with. We haven't updated it since because we've been busy, but this is what we started with and we ended it. 
uh, with the Dark Knight versus Thor Ragnarok, and Devin has the results. Devin, what, so, do, what do you tell, tell us a little bit about how the survey, how the bracket went? So for the last couple brackets, we had over a hundred respondents, like for the, each of these movies. Like it has been an absolutely wild ride, especially this last one. This last one, we had we had over a hundred people vote for this. We only had a difference of seven votes. This was an incredibly wow. close bracket. Uh, nobody knows but me what it is, and I'm gonna draw it out because I love the suspense. But the winner of our 2021 movie bracket is Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I had a feeling it was going that way. So I wore my <laughs> Revengers t-shirt. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Because I own oh. a Revengers t-shirt. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm not mad about it. People have, that's for sure. If it was going to be the Dark Knight, I was going to be very disappointed because I couldn't wear another t-shirt over top of this one. So, uh, I mean, it's a very like Bruce Wayne-esque like, get-up. I think that would have worked. Yeah. All right. So Thor Ragnarok. I can't believe Thor Ragnarok beat the Dark Knight. I can't. Yeah. It was a toss-up for me, to be honest. I think See, I think I end up voting for Thor. Yeah, it, for me, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, which movie do I want to watch right now? And for me, it was, I can always watch Thor Ragnarok. I have to be in a certain mood to watch The Dark Knight. Well, oh, yeah. so here's what it was. Here we go. It was we're, we're back, we're back, we're back. It was <laughs> the news that Thor Ragnarok won. I was going to say. Was so intense. Was happy. Chris Nolan shut us down. He did. Chris, he did. He really did. Taika like, Waititi brought us back. Uh, all right, so Ryan's still no, no, loading in. We can, we can hear Ryan. We cannot see Ryan. Okay, so I you can guys see can Ryan. hear me. Yeah. You can see Ryan? I cannot see Ryan. Yeah. I Well, I can't see him on the stream. I can see him in Discord here. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I can't see him in Discord. Okay. And that's where I'm getting yeah. the stream, so. So... Yeah, so Dark Knight and Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Thor Ragnarok won. Yep. Like I said, Good. it was kind of a toss-up for me, but I think I ended up voting for Thor Ragnarok. I I voted. Uh, I, I'm going to be weird about this. I voted twice. I voted once for me uh, on as the podcast for my personal one and once as the podcast uh, or as me for the podcast, and I voted for one each. I think I voted two or three times because, like I said, I saw, I'd see you post it. And, uh-huh. I'd vote, and then I'd see Ryan post it, and then I'd vote, and then I'd see Alan post it, and then I'd vote. So I, I'm kind of guilty as <laughs> we were, well. We're pushing yeah. it on you, Chad. We really wanted that Chad vote. I yeah, know we did. It is, it is a very coveted vote, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what I can do to to get Ryan back. <laughs> oh, no. Um, maybe if he uh, – but, but you guys can back hear in. me, though, right? We can hear, we can you. hear you. Okay. Um, here, hold on. I'm going to do this. I think that's better. Disable Uh-oh. video. There you go. Now re-enable. See if that does anything. Uh, I did that we talk... once. Um, oh, we did. Okay, never mind then. Yeah. We talk movies and show you how to handle tech support issues. It's exactly what we do. It's we cover <laughs> the gamut, basically. Yeah. yeah. This choice for me though was not hard at all. <laughs> no. No. Um. I'll put it to you this way. I would rather watch Thor Ragnarok than a lot of other superhero movies. So when this came up, like the dark Knight isn't even in my top three of favorite Batman movies. And Thor Ragnarok is, is my favorite Thor movie. 
So already, The Dark Knight's three movies behind Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Or actually is, is already behind, what, five five movies behind? Something like so, that. Yeah. That's an inter- I, but that's an interesting take, though, because I know that... I, I feel like The Dark Knight's a lot of people's favorite Batman movie. Like, that's, that's just fun. what I keep hearing. It's it definitely is. it's definitely the more favor of the, the Chris Nolan ones, I think. Yeah. Yes. And my view on it is that take the Joker out of out of that movie, particularly mm-hmm. the actor, because I can't think of his name at the moment for the life of me. Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. There we go. Ledger. There we got it. Um, take Heath Ledger out and put in like a whatever actor else actor, not somebody that you would want for the Joker. Mm-hmm. Is that movie... Oh, better, the same, less. I mean, it's you're you're right. It's not as good, but I think the Joker is the movie, though. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. Yes, and that's and and that's my point. That's huh. why that movie is not even in my top three because it it's one focal point. When the other it, Batman movies that I like really do like, it's a mixture of a lot of people or just the story itself. See, for me, like. The Dark Knight has a lot of great things going for it, like Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. like the Hans Zimmer score, and just the the story in general I really like. What gets me for with Thor Ragnarok was it's such a lively film. Like Everything you see in that movie is a spectacle, from the colors to the set design and the costumes to the performances. Like You got Jeff Goldblum, uh, Kate Blanchett, um, Carl Urban, like I always forget, he's in that movie. Um, like just everything is top notch and completely different from everything we've seen in Marvel up to that point. And it, it stands out among the Marvel films, which each of them are their own little piece of of heaven, if you want, <laughs> want uh, for lack of a better term. But like that one just stands out so much for me that I, I had to vote for it. Yeah, yeah. For me, it came down to because uh, I'm a big fan of Dar- uh, of the Dark Knight, and I'm a big fan of Thor in general. But I'm a big fan of Thor Ragnarok, and for me, it, like, kind of came down to like, well, which one do I watch more often? Like, if I've, I like the Dark Knight, but I've only seen it, seen it maybe a handful of times. Thor Ragnarok, like, that's kind of a go to movie for me. Like, yeah. I watch that multiple times. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. I, I had to ask myself, which movie would I want to watch right now? And yeah. it was mm-hmm. definitely Thor Ragnarok. I have to be in a certain mood to watch The Dark Knight. Yep, that's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of watching Thor Ragnarok, uh, Did you watch we're going to do something kind of cool with the winner here. Um, I believe it's going to be next Monday, and we'll post links to this on all of our socials. We're going to have a watch party of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, it's available on Disney Plus, um, so you'll need Disney Plus to watch it along with us. Or if you have, your, we're own, be or if you have your own Blu-ray copy as well. Oh, that works too. Yeah. Oh, very yeah, cool. We're, okay, we're, we're going to be watching it live on our feed, and then if you own, if you have Disney Plus, you can watch along with us. We'll be posting mm-hmm. that info as well. But if you don't have Disney Plus, you can still watch along with us. We'll be live streaming the whole thing on here, on on Facebook, and on Twitch. Uh, we're still working out the details because we didn't know which movie it was going to be and if it was going to be Disney Plus or Netflix or HBO Max or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, we're still working out the details, but next Monday, instead of the game stream, we'll be doing that. We'll be watching Thor Ragnarok. 
Okay. So come hang out. Come talk. I want to hear your thoughts about Thor and Ragnarok and both of those together. And it'll be a good time. Um, <laughs> it'll be fun. I'm yeah. excited. I, I still don't have Ryan's video. I I feel bad. Um, Strange. Yeah. Picture, Can, picture what if Ryan left and came back quick? We could try that. Ryan, do you want to try that quick? Ryan, I turned off and turned on my video. Did that work? Uh, no, I, well, I have your video disabled. So... Try disconnecting oh, got and it. reconnecting. Let me... Alakazam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If that was timed oh, well, that would have been so funny. And... <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> you were just like so, like just off by a little bit. Hold on. Now try enabling it. There we go. We got him. He's back. Nice. Hey. Hey, Ryan's back. All right. Just in time for us to get into the bulk of the show. Uh... Perfect. All right, so for our 200th episode, it is only fitting that we talk about what all of the internet has been talking about over the weekend, and I think the spoiler ban has lifted because it's now Tuesday, but we're going to stay spoiler-free for as long as we can. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, the director's cut of 2017's Justice League that was actually directed by Zack Snyder and not Joss Whedon. Um... We talked about the Joss Whedon cut last week on the show, so if you want to, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch that review, Um, or you can listen to it on any major podcasting platform as the podcast that we do, Uh, because this is, after all, a podcast that we just happen to stream for shits and giggles. Uh, (laughs) Why not? uh, All right, so we, we all saw the... Ryan, Devin, and I saw the Justice League last week before the Snyder cut. In our live stream, we gave Chad here a challenge, and that's part of the reason he's here. Chad watched the the, the Snyder Cut before watching the theatrical cut. So we have yep. a different point of view coming into this that I'm really interested to hear about. So since Chad came into this clean and he's the guest, he gets to go first. Oh, no. <clears throat> Chad, what did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League without getting into too, any spoilers? Without getting into any spoilers. Uh, my initial reaction after just seeing it without seeing Justice League F, because I watched that the next day, um, I, I, I liked it. There was definitely, there's definitely some problems with it, but I, overall, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, it it was a lot of fun. Um, I thought it was, uh, um, it just had a good tone to it. It was, it was kind of what I expected, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, but then, cause then going into the, uh, and I remember I texted Devin that night, like as soon as they started the Justice League, I just like the tone is a one hundred percent different. It was it was quite shocking to be kind of honest, um, and I can see now some of your critiques, and they really stuck out to me. Yeah, <laughs> that I heard you guys talking about. Because well, right. you texted me a little bit and said like some of your critiques don't make sense, uh, and then. And then, like, you watch the the Justice League cut or the Joss, Joss Whedon cut, and you were like, oh, yeah, I get it. No, no there was Because, like, I, I'm, without going into spoilers, like, I remember you mentioned, like, because uh, I remember you guys saying, like, oh, well, I didn't like The Flash. Like, The Flash was, yeah, whatever. And I remember I watched the Snyder cut. I was like, I kind of like The Flash. But then I watched the Justice League, Justice League cut and went, oh, now yeah. I know I like The Flash. Yeah. So in, in chat uh, – our friend of the show, Bill, says, Chad also liked the artist, so all this should be taken with a grain of salt. 
Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot that we that was oh that was years ago. To be honest, I don't even remember the artist artist that much. Um, okay, look, I liked the artist, see? so that's kind of where I'm. Kind of, I I thought it was an interesting movie. I don't it know was. if it was as great as everyone that it said it was, but I thought yeah. it was interesting. I'll defend it, Chad. I got you, boo. Thank you. Forgot we had that. We also hold on. We can't bring that argument because that was also the night we argued about Skyrim politics in the car. So. College was. A I fun really time. need to play that game. Yeah, college was a fun was time. Just... All right, uh, Ryan, what did you think of the Snyder Cut? Um. Uh, put the John Sweden cut in the grave, bury it. It is gone. I, if this thing wasn't four hours long, I'd watch this routinely. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 what I think about it. Okay. Yeah. As high praise. As uh, yeah. Andy Samberg says, as Nick Cage, uh, Devin, how about you? All right, so this is this is my Justice League movie. I'm not going to watch the Joss Whedon or the yeah the Justice League. I'm not going to watch it ever again. I'm watching this version of it. But like, man, the four hours felt like four hours. I liked what they did. I liked what I saw. I liked the character development and the motivation and all the the new like plot lines that they brought into the movie. But I knew I was sitting down for four hours. I still think <laughs> DC movies aren't my like. I don't love them as much as I I do like Marvel movies. So I think it had some of the same problems DC movies do. But I think this was a it did everything Justice League was supposed to do, and I love it for it. Okay. Yeah, the, the four hours is a little taxing, but I'm glad that they had those title cards to like pause, like go get more popcorn. Yeah. Uh, take a bathroom break mm-hmm. too. Um, I really enjoyed this. I wanted to go mm-hmm. back and rewatch it, but the four-hour time commitment just did not allow me to before the show. Um, there's a lot that I liked. There's some stuff that I su- was surprised was actually Snyder and not Joss Whedon, which we'll get into. Um, but overall, I thought this was a great like my whole thing, which I've talked about before, is Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League are a trilogy. And the original Justice League did not fit that story that they that Snyder had set up going into this film. I think this is the perfect ending to that trilogy. And it's mm-hmm. an ending in that, that we're probably not going to get more of this. But I think tone-wise and story-wise, there's a lot that gets paid off in this film that you don't get in the other one. And I think just for that, it's definitely the, the superior justice league. So definitely. I think, I, I think I remember texting Devin and saying, uh, pairing the two, I think I referred to the Snyder cut as the real justice league. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah, it was just, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Coming from my perspective, on this whole thing, like Alan, to be perfectly honest, ever since you started doing the whole like Justice, you know, the whole like John Sweden cut thing, and I was always like, yeah, sure, you know, let's do it. I was always in the camp of like, this will never happen. Stuff like this has never happened in the past. If they do a John Sweden cut, it's going to be what, like, ten percent of a tone shift, and like, yeah. that's it. I, I, I was not expecting this, mm-hmm. and in fact, um not getting into any spoilers because this isn't i truly believe now because i'm fully on your side alan 
on this topic that you've talked about too. Directors should take should get full control of the content that they make and the studio should stay the hell out of their process. In yep. fact, to the point, I want a label like how there is organic food and there is a label telling you that it's organic. There should be a label on media, on posters, whatever billboards for movies that say some abbreviation that stands for the director had full control of this movie. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that the audience can decide if they want to spend the money to watch one movie over another. Because I can tell you right now, I would rather spend money on a, on a film that had full directive control than anything that had the studio's hands in it. Yeah. After this. Well, Is the counterpoint to that argument Marvel? I don't care. Okay. So I... <laughs> I, I that that's a good question. And I think part of the thing with Marvel is they do have Kevin Feige producing every single film. But mm. he still that, allowed yeah. somebody like Taika Waititi to go do their thing. The only issue they've ever had with that was in like phase two when Joss Whedon of all people was still around with Age of <laughs> Ultron and um back when Edgar Wright was supposed to do Ant Man, like there was some conflict there and Edgar Wright left the project because it wasn't what he wanted to do. So I think they mm -hmm. Marvel does a good job of getting directors who will do what they want to do, but also toe the line of what is needed for this overall story. And I think part of the I, I agree. And I think yeah, part of where DC was coming from was no, we want you to do this, but we and we don't care about the overall story. Like that's yeah. that obviously and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that obviously like there there's mm -hmm. no overarching goal here uh their whole plan was their whole plan was we're going to introduce the justice league and then branch out into solo films and when you first hear that looking at what marvel's done it's like that's stupid why would you do that give us time to know these characters and like connect with them before we see them team up like that's what we yeah. want but what the Snyder Cut does beautifully is introduce all of these characters that we haven't seen for more than a clip and get, yep. get let you know who Cyborg is, let you know about Barry Allen. It does such a great job in the first hour of introducing you and getting you to know these characters. I had to do the math because like, was it wasn't really an hour. Yeah, it was an hour. Yep. But doesn't necessarily seem like it, does it? <laughs> it? It does such a great job of world building and getting getting you into these characters' mind, state of minds, and who they are as a person and as a as a meta human and a, a hero. It, that it makes sense that you that this was their goal was put them all in Justice League and then branch out into the Flash and mm -hmm. Cyborg yeah. and Aquaman. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that was kind of shocking to me with the Joss Whedon cut was like how like. I felt Cyborg and Flash kind of got shafted in a way. Oh, they did. Really, like, though? Yeah, the they Cyborg did. Just Heavily. Like, Cyborg was just like, he's here. He's a Cyborg. That's what he does. <laughs> um, but, like, in the in the Snyder Cut, like, they really kind of, like, go through his whole story. And, like, he, like, like the whole point of, like, him and his kind of, like, mind palace kind of, uh, well, mm, spoilers. I guess we're trying to say spoiler free. Um, eh, that's close enough. Close enough. Uh, but, yeah, there is – he. I just love the way they did with, with uh, Cyber because he really, I think, came, came, you know, the whole way. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that I was. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. What I was gonna say is, when it comes from the John Sweden cut to the Snyder cut, mm -hmm. uh, 
there was give and take on both of those characters. And I like the give and take in the Sweden yeah. cut compared to the give and take that they did in the first one. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I can't get the names right at the moment. Uh, I'm it's just going to stop using them. Just yeah. stop using them. Theatrical, new. There you go. New. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah so wait, here's... I got that too. Sorry, Devin, go ahead. No, no, here's the one thing that I was I was really interested about or was thinking about when I was watching it. This might have been the best circumstance under which this movie could have come out, this four-hour cut, because I don't feel like they would have let a two-hour or a four-hour cut of this come to theaters as the original version of this if Whedon had, like, Whedon, uh, sorry, if Snyder had, like, a whole, like, his, his whole creative process. They wouldn't have let a four-hour version come out. So there would have been a cut-down two-hour version of this, or maybe three, and I feel like it wouldn't have been as well received. And then this director's version would have come out that was this version of it. And I feel like it would have like released to almost no fanfare. Only diehard fans would see it. And now like it's four hours, you know, like like chat saying it's four hours. Like it is a big event. People are talking about it now. Like this is the best chance this movie ever had to succeed, I think. You can definitely tell. I think I think I told you this. You could definitely tell that they kind they really were trying to it almost felt like they're trying to put a couple different movies in it, but like trying to make sure they get the full, the full backstory on everyone in. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it definitely, yeah, to get it all in one, you would not have been able to get it all into like a two hour. No. Also, well, if you see Andrew Goodman in the chat, just ignore him. He's part of Andrew me, Goodman. Part of me wonders if the plan was originally like, the, the original plan was Justice League part one and two. So I'm wondering if maybe this was going to oh. be, like, oh, that's true. So I'm wondering how much of this was going to be the second film. I don't really think there's a good point to split this in half. Um, but I think halfway through production, the plan was changed that it was just going to be one film. So they might have had elements from that second one they worked in. Um, so there, there is a lot that changed in the movie besides story. Did anything else stand out to you guys that was different this time around? The score. Yep. You mm. noticed the score? I noticed the score. <laughs> I had to watch this thing with headphones, so I very much noticed the score. So what what did you yeah. think of the score compared to Danny Elfman's reuse of his own score and John El- John Williams? It's I I can't I cannot I cannot remember what exactly you were saying the last time we talked about this, but you mentioned something about you were worried that it was going to become like a generic superhero score, and that's what this felt like to me. Okay. I didn't think it was generic. I really enjoyed the... You were worried about two people teaming up and creating like a, like one affecting the other one's ability to like make a creative score and that you were afraid it was going to be uh, like basic, like a generic and not like unique or something like that. I cannot remember who you were talking about. I was worried. No, I, I had said last time that I was upset with Danny Elfman because his score for Justice League felt generic. It felt like the okay. Avengers. Uh, but in Batman v Superman, you had Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, who's not going by that name anymore, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. But he's the one who he's the one who uh, did Justice League. Like He was hired on at the beginning to do the score and then was fired by Warner Brothers and then brought back for, the, for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um so he he made use of what he did with 
Batman v Superman and used Hans mm-hmm. Zimmer's Superman theme from Man of Steel and some of like just he pretty much reused elements of from Batman v Superman because he worked on that. Um and I loved it. Like there there's one scene that we'll get into later that that I've just been listening to the track over and over on my phone. Um because it's like the the perfect scene for me uh in this movie. Um but I, I really, really want to know what that is. Um, I think I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Until yeah. We'll yeah, yeah. We'll wait till we get to spoilers, but I'm curious. What did you guys think of the score? <laughs> Go ahead, Chad. <laughs> good, good talk. No, uh, I'm just, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't have anything, like, specific to say about it. I, I thought it was good. It was definitely – I think – I see what you're saying about the, the Joss Whedon cut, the theatrical cut score. And – it like at first it was fun like oh that's the batman theme like i recognize it but then after a while it's like okay it's just yes it's the batman theme we get it and then they did the superman theme um i like the score it was it was it fit very well it kind of stuck to the tone the tone of the whole thing i like that i love the like i said i love the tone that they that they went with in this here you know snyder went with this in this one and not the uh <laughs> i like it got me in the joss Whedon cut when he just shows like like the whole thing starts off with like the kids with a camera it's like oh this is this is a lot different oh yeah <laughs> it's for the millennials chad you I get guess. it we use cell phones i well, guess l- let's talk about that opening <laughs> because it opens with superman dying in batman v superman if you haven't seen yep. batman mm-hmm. v superman it's five years old i'm sorry uh Spoilers. this is the 200th episode of this podcast that was episode two <laughs> um, <laughs> Episode one was Man of Steel, so it's kind of fitting that our big landmark episode is another Zack Snyder superhero movie with Henry Cavill. Um, so it opens with Henry with a with Henry Cavill diving, uh, with with Superman dying to Doomsday and Batman v Superman and his screams. Yep. Like comparing yep. that to the the cell phone footage and Josh and Superman. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. It's I think it's a much better way to open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I really, yeah, no, it, I don't. Looking at the chat, no, I do not think they consulted Phil Collins for the score. Um, <laughs> oh, don't, don't um, they should have. <laughs> Can you imagine um, that opening scene just to, I want to know? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I mean... If Phil Collins can put as much as he put into Tarzan into any movie... Oh, yeah. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with that. Matrix. Matrix with him. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Chad, Chad hit it right on the head. It, It's a Clark Kent in Smallville learning about his powers to, I want to know about these people. Can like you show me? me? Can you show me? <laughs> I like, I agree with chat, with a chat right now, with friend of the show, Bill. Legitimately disappointed there wasn't a montage set to Hallelujah. Yeah. I enjoyed that trailer. I really did. So I, okay. Uh, jumping to the end credits, I think Hallelujah was used very well there, as the okay. tri- as the tribute to his daughter. I do agree that I like the the trailer with Hallelujah that we uh, previewed yeah. last week. Um, but it would have been interesting to see that in the film. I think it's kind of smart to avoid that because they did do the Leonard Cohen cover in the Justice cut. With everybody knows, um, oh yeah. So i i think I think it served its place in the uh, in the end credits. 
Sure. Um, also would have been taken out. Also would have taken somebody save me from Smallville. You know, they did that <laughs> once on the DC crossovers uh, a few years ago, and it was fantastic. Um, oh, that's cool that they did that. Yeah. And they actually went back to that Smallville farm, too. And you just see uh, Lois and Clark sitting there drinking coffee on the porch. It was really cool. Um, okay. So the other thing that I noticed that was different, and I want, almost had examples uh, for for us, but I realized I couldn't show them to you guys and everyone at home, too, is the color. There's a lot of color differences and uh, maybe some lack thereof. <laughs> Everything's oh, yeah. very desaturated and back to the Zack Snyder tone of things. Oh yeah. What did you guys think of that? The how do you th- what do you think of the look of the film? I guess is. I liked it. Uh, I after watching that like and going back watching the theatrical, it was very the theatrical theatrical cut almost seems more cartoony after seeing it. Um, because because that one like was very colorful, but like the dark theme of the, of Snyder cut, I really enjoyed Cause it kind of, I think it kind of felt, it felt like it took itself more seriously to me. It was, it was definitely a case where like the tone of the movie matched how like matched the color scheme of it matched. Like it all kind of fit. Like you didn't have this dark brooding Batman who uses guns in this version of him go, I feel like something's broken. Like he did in the Whedon cut. Like it just all fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, it, it it I I really didn't notice a tone shift, but the one thing that I can definitely say is that it it felt it felt more at home. Like everything felt like it fit better. So yeah. if that's me reacting to the tone of the color then that's fine. All right. So yeah. two things in chat. Um Chat's awesome tonight. Chat chat is amazing tonight. Where, where are you guys every week? Uh, first, I want to <laughs> I want to address the comment from my wife. I like that Superman changed his outfit since he didn't know what color the sky would be at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, friend of the show, Bill asks, "What do we think of plans to release a black and white cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League? Because it feels like a lot." I don't think it'd make the movie better. No, I don't I think, think I'd be like, "Oh, black and white, yeah, yeah." Yeah, I don't think it would make it better. I mean, as a bonus disc on the eventual Blu-ray release of this, I'm fine with it. Uh, I don't need to see it in. Yeah, in it's theaters. it's not. I don't have a burning desire to see the same. Yeah, it in black and white. I don't think really. If anybody it. wants to know if they'd like to see the movie in black and white, go into your TV settings, put the color contrast all the way to the one side. It'll turn everything black and white. And see if you like the first hour. If you don't, <laughs> shift it back to fifty, which is the standard setting on old TVs, and you'll be fine. The more you know. He's right. Uh, yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> do you know? Do you know how many movies I've seen in black and white? The Matrix is actually really funny in black and white. That would be weird in black and white. Why did you watch it like that? I was bored, and I, I was sixteen. Black and, white, black <laughs> yeah, and white's weird. Yeah. Just from a video production standpoint, I had to film something in black and white, which is out now, and I will share it on my Facebook page tomorrow. But like, I I had to stop and think, like, how? What is the best way to film this? Because I've never shot anything in black and white. Like I, I wasn't Kevin Smith in 1993 filming Clerks. I, I was like, do I film it in camera black and white? Do I do it in post? And I, like, I had to like put into, I had to put thought into costumes. Like, 
well, the gr- walls are gray. I can't wear a gray suit. I need something that will pop out a little bit more. So I ended up wearing this jacket, and it looked really good in black and white. So um, there you go. So is the artist. The artist is also black don't let, and white. No, don't pay attention. Don't acknowledge him. Don't encourage him. Would you rather I, I – do you, Chad, you tell me to ignore everyone in the chat. You tell me to ignore Andrew. You tell me to, to well, ignore Kate, Bill. Well, trust me. I'm doing you a service by telling you to ignore Andrew. He'll <laughs> I'm just gonna, um, I'm just gonna ignore your warnings because this seems to be it seems to be better here. So, wow, yeah, wow. I mean, I'll listen to your to your conversation. I'm just not heeding your warnings. Um, Fair enough. Okay, so now that Zack Snyder is back into the Justice League, uh, how did you guys feel about the Zack Snyderness of this movie? Because you look at Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon as directors, and they have two very different careers uh, and mm-hmm. two very different um, styles. What did you think of Zack Snyder's style and what it added to this version of the film? Or did it take away anything f- from it for you? Like, No, I mean, honestly, I think what the version that took anything away was the Whedon cut. I think that took away stuff because it took away the tone that they were building for two movies. It took away like consistency. It took away like what these characters were. And I feel like at this point, like I could turn on man of steel, watch all of these in a row and just be like, yeah, it's the same movie. Got it. Okay. Ryan, how about you? Did the slow-mo take you out of it at all? Slow-mo? Slow-mo, right? I, I really would it was fine. The feel of the movie, I was okay with it. But I don't know how many movies I could take with having the I don't know if I want to do real slow-mo slow-mo and just do medium slow-mo. Because I feel like this movie could have been maybe like 30 minutes shorter if it was filmed at normal speed. Yeah. Side note, do you guys know how much how many minutes of slow-mo there are in this movie? Do Probably you? half. I do. Let's hear it. 20, 24 minutes of slow motion in the Snyder Cut. I was only six minutes off. I was only six <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, Bill said 10%. It's a 240-minute movie. Mm-hmm. That's so much freaking slow-mo, guys. That's insane. Yep. Well, yep. some of it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Because when uh, you have yeah. a character like The Flash, like you kind of mm-hmm. have to do slow-mo to show his speed. Yeah. When you do slow-mo to show the Flash moving faster than you can see him, technically slow-mo, filming him at normal speed for us. I mean, I think think it's a slow-mo effect. Like, I think you have to... But, I mean, he's moving faster than you can see him if you didn't do the slow-mo. So, technically, the slow-mo isn't slow-mo. It, it's it's, it's flash normal time. speed mo. It's flash it's, time. It's flash time. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, it's not slow mo. I'm I'm sure. Slow mo the... is like me being slowed down or you being slowed down as we walk down the hallway. Slow mo for the flash when he's running at okay. ten thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Faster than well, the speed of light. There you go. So, okay. Look. So is. so this may brought up a good point where I was like, okay, yeah. How do you show the flash? when he's running super fast without doing slow-mo flash isn't usually doing much interesting in slow-mo aside from like making that weird sideways angle face and doing this with his arms. 
Like, I don't yeah. need to see this all the time. We get it. The, the, that the, is true. The only over, like, in the chat, um, Bill says the man, does, Zack Snyder, does visual symbol, symbolism very well. Um, some call it heavy handed. Sometimes it is, but it's very well done, heavy handed. Um, the only thing that really took me out of the slow mo scenes was when the Flash is saving uh, the girl from the car wreck, who turns out to be <laughs> Iris West. Um, and all of the hot dogs just <laughs> like that. That was so confusing I... to me. Like, where is he putting these hot dogs? Like, what what's going on? Like, there was enough time for me to be like, what's his plan with that hot dog he's grabbing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that like, I love the joke that came mm-hmm. from that. I really do. But while he's doing it, I'm like, is he saving that for later for himself? Because that's definitely <laughs> something I might do. Like, oh, look, a hot dog. I'm hungry. I'll eat this later. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just that same thought. <laughs> I guess, I guess the slow mo didn't. It didn't take me out of it too much. Um, but I can definitely see where I, I, I kind of, I can see where Devin's point. Um. Yeah, he's just running. Unless he's doing something specific, like the fight with Superman was interesting because that kind of showed a big. Yeah, I'm getting into spoilers again. Yeah. Um, well, that was in the other one, so it was. Oh, that's true. That was in the other one. Yeah, like the whole fight with Superman. That was kind of. I mean, that was there's a purpose to that because they like that was him realizing, oh shit, Superman could see me and actually move almost as fast as me. Um, but yeah, I I I, I could see where he didn't need it all the time. That's for sure. Guys, I need to stop reading the chat because they're encouraging encouraging us to do a podcast drunk, and I will. Oh, it's gonna happen. It, it will happen. What do you think? So, so what do you think the Thor Ragnarok rewatch is gonna be? So one thing that I noticed that I don't know if this was like a camera angle thing or a Zack Snyder thing or whatever in the Sweden cut, I absolutely hated the Flash's feet and running posture when he was doing the slow-mo because it looked like he was kicking his legs off to the side and like twisting on the ball of his feet and it looked cartoonish and I hated it. And in this one, his knees are straight and it looks like his legs are actually, for lack of a better term, wheeling underneath him and staying underneath him instead of going off to the side like he's speed skating. So I don't know if that was like a thing that they did in reshoots, if that was like a camera angle that like Jack's that, you know, that like Snyder was like, oh, I hate this. We're going to use this. And then, yeah. you know, the other guy was I like, mean, oh, this is good enough. Just throw it in there. That might have been a Whedon thing because that was kind of I could like I said, I can see now why you guys didn't like the Flash in the theatrical cut yeah. because yeah. like they really just kind of changed well, like him. So th- let's talk about that uh, because that is mm-hmm. one of the one of the things that surprised me the most about this Zack Snyder cut is the first few scenes with the flash from the weeding cut are pretty much verbatim. What you got in this one with mm-hmm. some minor changes, like yeah. the dialogue and the jokes are still there. Um, you don't, do the brunch, you don't get the brunch stuff. Like I'm I so happy about that. Like I said Ugh. last time, Zach or Josh Whedon was like, okay, I did trauma. What's another meal people get uh, brunch. Let's get brunch. Um, <laughs> So, like, I was kind of surprised that that humor was there for for the Flash, but it makes sense because the Flash should be the lighter of these characters because he's the he's a kid. He has the, like comic book wise, the Flash is the more comedic character. He's the comic relief. Um, Spider Man. So yeah, he's yeah. he's their Spider Man. Um, yeah. 
he's the awkward he's the awkward smart kid that's just kind of like you know was teenager fun was there anything for you guys that carried over to the snyder cut that was surprising to you because for me it was mostly the flash stuff like his his sense of humor the scene where he turns and sees superman during the fight like that i wasn't expecting that to say there was anything that you thought was Whedon that you were surprised to see was in the Snyder cut. For me specifically, it was that scene when they were meeting with commissioner Gordon on the roof and then everybody, but flash leaves and he's like, Oh, did they just do that? Oh, that's rude or something yeah, like see, that. And I enjoyed and that joke though. I, I liked the joke, but I thought that was a hundred percent Whedon. Yeah. See, no, the thing, I think the reason why people thought that that was Whedon was because mm-hmm. that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That joke with him with Gordon came out of nowhere for that character in the Whedon Cup the cup in the Whedon cut up yeah. until that point. But in this, they set that sense of humor right mm-hmm. off the bat with him yep. going, I save snacks in case, yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> before emergencies like these. So yeah. that perfectly fit him in the Snyder cut compared yep. to in the Whedon cut, where it was like, first he's making jokes about brunch, now he's making jokes about the leaving when somebody turns their back okay yeah the, in the in the in, in the joss whedon cut he was very much they tried to make him they tried to make him the comic relief in the sense of oh he's the awkward kid that tries to crack jokes but can't crack jokes but in the snyder cut he actually like had some wit to him yeah you know what i mean okay um in the chat at least he doesn't motorboat anyone this time yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about um, that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, okay, so we talked a lot about The Flash. Uh, I, one person we did not talk a lot about yet, which I think we can do a little bit uh, without spoilers, is Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much Cyborg's the heart of this movie, and he was not mm-hmm. in the Justice Cut. No. Nope. Um, what did you guys think I mean, of Ray Fisher? Like, I mean, they cut, like... Seventy percent of his story. Oh, yeah. um, Ryan, I know what you're going to say. So, uh, question about the actor, though. Yes, is he the one you were talking about on the last podcast that was like never working in Hollywood yes. after this? Because he, he yeah. was okay. pretty much the whistleblower on the the uh, reshoots, the re- right? reshoot stuff. I can mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, if I did that for what they did in this release, and my role was cut down to what they did, just on that alone. I would be going now. I'll go do something else. Screw you guys. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. Like Alan, like you said, he is the heart of this movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I, I, cause going from the Snyder cut to the Joss Whedon cut, it was very surprising. Like, like there's times when like, Oh, oh, like I'd be coming to the scene. Like, okay. So this is the scene where, Nope, that's not where Cyborg shows up. Or oh, this is when his father is. Oh nope, okay no. We're, we're and then at the end, well, not spoilers, but yeah, like oh, I guess his father wasn't in this, and like yeah, it was yeah. it was just very. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, you you definitely get more of his backstory in this one, and his like oh, the way the way they show his abilities is tragic and beautiful, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that sequence that wasn't in the original film. And like, it warms my heart to see like the actress who was in that sequence tweeted out. I was cut from the original justice league. Can someone please tell me if I'm in this version and people gathered around her like, yeah, you're in this, like you you did a great job. Like, like just stuff like that is like just seeing people's work get 
like pay off. Even though I have mm-hmm. no no horse in this race, like just seeing people's work pay off and people oh, being yeah. able to share their art with other people is just like yes, just do it. Yeah. Well, I I can imagine I'd be I'd be outraged if like I was in a it's like yeah I'm in a movie then all of a sudden it's like nope not in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, like in the weed cut, like the whole like his growth as a character starts with him going, I don't like that I used to be dead and now I'm alive, yeah. and then it ends. With, <laughs> I made a joke about being dead with Superman, and I said, and that's like the, I and I said my catchphrase from the Teen Titans, like, yeah, that's it, yeah. like that's the whole yeah. thing, and like they made him a freaking character in this, and I loved it. Yeah. yeah. So, Alan, what did you think I was going to say? We'll get into that in spoilers. Okay. Uh, so other than that, um, out <laughs> when there's trouble, you know who to call, Joss Whedon. No, thank you. <laughs> Who said depending, that? <laughs> depending on what the storyline oh, is. Yeah. Depending on what the story. Yeah. Um, I, I does anyone care to hear what Joss Whedon's opinion is of all this? No. Yeah. No. I I kind of want to know. I'm curious. I'm curious too, because I mean, like, this is kind of like the better uh, one, like almost unanimously. Mm. Yeah. I with everything that's come out about him recently and all the stories, like I just don't like, I'm interested in hearing, but I really don't care. Like, see, yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. Is there anything else we want to cover before we get into spoilers? Can I'm ready. Yeah. Some, something I noticed in the John in the, the Snyder cut that didn't really stand out as much in the, but that last of original cut, mm-hmm. I cannot keep their name straight for the life of me. Anyway, um, holy product placement, Batman. <laughs> the are, Snyder are, cut are is you, full. Are you of talking about the Mercedes? Placement. Yeah. I'm not, I, I am not just talking about the fact that this movie was brought to you by Mercedes Benz. I'm talking about uh, like two other companies too. And we can get to them if you want because, well, okay, Ford and Under Armour. Yep. Yep. And I, this movie was presented by Mercedes Benz. Oh yeah. That whole shot where they're in when he, when he's in the car, he goes, Oh, what's your superpower? I'm rich. And then they just have like the glamour shots of like the dashboard. <laughs> yeah. And that's a concept car. That's not even in production. Yeah. Like that's, that's the best part of that thing. Like it's like it's it's a freaking concept car. <laughs> like that thing is not drivable. <laughs> this thing is not there's so, also a couple other Mercedes Benz in there. Uh, who else? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a few others. The Mercedes, the Mercedes were in the Justice Cut because I noticed them too. Yep. So I think that's yep. just yeah. carrying over with footage that they had. Plus, oh, I think, yeah, yeah, plus yeah. I, there are contract deals made. Um, there was one bit of product. Pla- I don't. Know, I don't. I feel dirty calling this product placement. But w- after the Mercedes Benz shot, there was a shot of a yep. billboard that says, yeah. "You are not alone." And it was for the I forget the web, the the charity, but for a suicide prevention site mm-hmm. charity, which I thought was a yeah, really I love nice that. touch. It was. Um, um, I think there was also like a really gratuitous can of Coke scene. I feel like a character like put a can down, spun the label, stared at it. The camera panned like because I remember I either like said it out loud because I was watching it with Romana or like thought it. And I was like, this scene brought to you by Coke. <laughs> I mean, how do you think Bruce Wayne made all of his money? True. Calvin Klein underwear. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else before spoilers? 
I'm ready for spoilers. Okay, same. All right, if you haven't seen the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, we're going to get going to get into spoilers. This is your warning to please don't tune out. This is a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun in chat. Oh yeah, this um, is great. But we're going to get into spoilers. It's not really much different from the there there's a bit different from the original Justice League. So if you haven't seen the Snyder cut, um you've been warned. We're going to get into spoilers. So, um let's see here. Guys, they brought back Superman differently. <laughs> oh, they did. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this because this is the biggest difference that I think makes this film com- like a complete 180 from the the other version. So in the Justice Cut, in Justice League, you had Batman being the one saying, we need to do this. Like, this is, this is what my goal is. And you have him and Wonder Woman fighting about it. In yeah. this one, they all come to the same point at the same time and there's no bickering they're all like this is what we need to do because this is why we need to do it like they all get to the all same place together as a team yeah like i yeah. love that scene so much and the way that was shot with the cameras going mm-hmm. around them because yep. they, they shot that several times just doing that like that's all that mm-hmm. scene is and i i knew about that going into it and i forgot about it because i got two hours into this like oh yeah i forgot that was a thing um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I loved how they had one of them seeing what the dangers might be, yeah. but at the same time, knowing that regardless of what the dangers are in the future, we might be able to handle it. We need to do this now. Yeah. yeah. And I, I loved how they handled that. It was such a, I did too. it was such a great moment of team building instead of the awkward, um, big man in a suit of armor, take it away. What are you? Like like, that Avenger yeah. scene where they all have to fight for some reason, even though yeah. they all just met. Like, you you don't need that here. Like, I like that they have a moment where they're all like, "No, this is what we need to do." Like, if the mother box can do this, then mm. why couldn't it do this to a Kryptonian? Um, yeah, I think it was a good example of like in kind of like films and TV where you see like. You see, like, conflict. You're like, I feel like a 20-minute conversation could, like, resolve this. Just talk and, about yeah. this. And, like, they – and that's kind of what they did is instead of instead of Batman just going, I don't know, let's bring Superman back, and then Wonder Woman fighting him, and then Aquaman just sitting in the corner being an asshole, um, they actually had, like, the actual conversation. Like, well, here's what it can do. Should we? And then, like, I even like how even, like, instead of the Flash, just – instead of Barry Allen just being – hungry in a corner he just has to go oh well i'm not gonna say it like he had the same thought <laughs> yeah uh and the other thing that it does like in the justice cut batman's suicidal like he wants to die as repentance for killing super yeah. like being responsible for killing superman in this like yes he's willing to sacrifice himself towards the end but he's not like hey parademons come kill me so we can get this done it's more like if i have to sacrifice myself for the greater good i will but it's not like mm-hmm. i'm going to sacrifice myself because it because i feel bad like it wasn't a weird death pact yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Cause he made it very clear that, like, yeah, the reason he wanted to do this was, you know, I made a promise, like, something's bad ha- is coming. We need to do something about it instead of, you know, weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even since we're talking about Superman, I like what they did with him in the Snyder Cut after he was alive so much more. Like, okay, in the Joss Whedon Cut, they bring back Superman. You have to bring him back. He's this super powerful guy. 
he's gonna carry a building away in the end scene. Oh yeah, that's what they use him for. Yeah, right. Like, come on, that's not why you have him go punch the bad guy like he does in here. He punches the bad guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, that was a bit. Yeah, I when you're going into the the theatric cut. I was like kind of getting ready for that big fight with Superman at the end. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, I'll go East. And then he like runs off and, and then you have flash getting confused and he just carries his, it was like, wait, what? No, that's not what I expected. Or what, wanted. what are you doing? Yeah. I also like when they brought him back for me, there was a bit of a tonal shift between, and I know we keep mentioning the tone difference, but like in the uh, Snyder cut, Versus the Just Wing Cup. Like when the whole moment of when Superman's back and there's that moment of everyone's like, yeah, he's back. Is he back? It felt a lot heavier in the Snyder cut. Like yeah. I kind of, there was a moment there. Remember we watched Brightburn, Alan? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I got like Brightburn like feelings for just a second. Yeah. And you didn't need the the Flash making Pet cemetery jokes for that to come through. No, no he didn't. Because it was very much like, May, I don't know if it was the score or, you know, just tone, but it was just very much Superman's looking at it, And you could just tell, like, before even Cyborg says, oh, no, he's scanning us. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did we bring back Superman? <laughs> yeah. Um. So the other. Uh, OK, so that was my big thing. Spoiler, like difference wise. What was something different for you guys that you thought was is worth talking about here? Now that we're in I'm gonna spoilers. I'm gonna say it. In spoilers. Martian freaking manhunter. Okay. That's a big one. Okay. So I talked about last week that I knew something that I didn't want to you know. You knew that it was I him? I knew that. So what happened was back when the Snyder Cut was was still a myth, storyboards got mm-hmm. leaked of that scene with Martha Kent turning into Martian Manhunter. And oh, I man. knew it was gonna be Harry Lennox. Um the fact that they delivered on it made me so happy. Because if she walked out of that apartment and wasn't Martian Manhunter, I was going to be so pissed. But they did it. Okay, so my reaction was I paused, like I stood up, and I was like, I was like that. Yeah! Um, and I looked. I was like, I was, I was thinking in my head, like, I really wish I could do the little John, like what really well because that's literally what i had going on in my head when she turned into martian manhunter like i i had a tiny little john in my head going what with a pimp cup like (laughs) okay so before we get too far into martian manhunter uh in chat uh bill saying martian manhunter felt like they just plugged him in there for no reason he furthers the plot in no way and the and the plot's four hours okay so my defense of martian manhunter is he's he might not do much in this film, but it is payoff for the last two films because the implications are Harry Lennox's character, this general who then became secretary of defense has always been Martian Manhunter Mm. and he's been living in the shadows as this general. So it's just kind of like a, Hey, you didn't know this, but Hey, look who this guy is. And he's the perfect casting for that character too. Um, so it's a shame that we're not going to actually get payoff for that from what it seems mm-hmm. like. I think that would have been something really cool down the line. Um, but I would have, I really like that as a, Hey, this is what, this is where we're going. Like, just so you know, like this yeah. guy knows that Lois Lane is imp- just as important as Clark Kent. Yeah. So 
Yeah, that's kind of how I, I I definitely saw it. Like, I was excited to see Marsh Manor because I like Marsh Manor. Um, but like, I I can kind I kind of see where Bill's coming from. Where like he didn't really it didn't really further the 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 plot. But yeah, I it was very much a you know hey here's kind of what we had in mind going forward. We're probably gonna do something with this. It was still kind of fun for that. I think. Yeah. I mean, it felt it felt like fan service. And, you know, I'll take that every once in a oh, while. Yeah. Like in four hours of a movie, give me give me a little something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel about it too. And I mean, de- depending on what they do after this, when it comes to like Lois Lane and like other movies inside this tone, if they continue doing this, um, that conversation they had, it, it might mean a lot. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's the one that did it. So I mean, even though it doesn't further this specific movie plot along, if they're going to continue doing stuff based off the storyline, it's going to. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah. I also kind of laugh because I was going into this ready for like, like, okay, here's like the dreaded Lois Lane conversation that I heard so much about. How is it, you know, are they going to do it here too? Yeah. And then like, oh, Martian Manhunter. You know, it was so hard for me to not lay that out for you guys because I knew that was going to be, I was hoping that'd be the payoff in the Snyder Cut where that scene makes so much more sense when it's not Martha Kent. But... In that version, it was. So, um, yeah, it, it does seem weird. Like, it, it doesn't really fit the overall film, but I'm happy with it. It does seem like it's setting up something that we're not going to get to see. Um, I much prefer that to then a uh, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern cameo, which was rumored to be happening. So, no way. Yeah. Well, they're making a new Green Lantern, aren't they? And Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern Corps television series. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So hold on. Since we brought it up a bunch, I know this isn't necessarily spoilers, but how do you guys feel that there aren't going to be sequels to this? Because after watching that end scene, like I think they're trying to set up Injustice. Um, I'm sad. Well, well, they definitely that, set up the whole. That, let's save that conversation for later. Okay, because I, I, I have a. Lo- I yeah. have some. I have some story beats for the sequels that have been leaked that we'll go over. Um, okay. That are because I want sequels. Yes. Um, so we we can do that later, or we could just do it now if you want. Well, does anyone else have any any other big changes? Uh, yes. Um, uh-huh. The Amazon storyline, uh, the extra scenes they added in, mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. I feel like it really it made the importance and the danger of Steppenwolf that much greater. Mm-hmm than what they had originally. And I love how that keep works. I I I I love how that thing falls into the ocean and yep. turns into a cage. I absolutely love I I really love that difference. Um I are we at a point to bring up Dark Side yet? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Okay. I have a problem. Okay. Oh. And this is a note that I written out. Okay. I can't I can't wrap my head around Darkseid and his technology not remembering where they were when they were defeated and where that power was. Wait, sorry, say that one more time? I was tired when I wrote this. So, so, so no, I get it. Back. Okay, so the anti-life or anti-matter. Anti, anti- anti-life equation, yes. Yep. And the anti-life equation. It is what burned onto the surface of the earth or it's a box somewhere buried on the earth or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I have no idea what it is. So anyway, 
it's on Earth. Yep. And they talk about how when Darkseid in the first age of heroes came down on the planet, he discovered a power on the planet and they wanted to take it over. That's why the mother boxes were there to begin with. And he almost gets his head cut off. Yeah. And people come and save him and throw him back on the ship. And then Steppenwolf later tells Darkseid, I found the anti stuff. And they're like, what? It's on Earth. And I'm like, they just showed you they're <laughs> running a battle where you almost died. How do you not remember this? I th- I had the same thought when they when he's like, oh, you found it. I'm like, you forgot about like you're the only planet you ever lost to in your entire existence. Like, yeah, I had the same I, exact thought. That's the one thing that I'm just like, but to be, but I mean to be honest, like that's really the only issue i have with this entire movie so it's one of those things where it's like yes this is a big harping problem but at the same time it's like i can let it slide because of the whole context of how this movie came out so i couldn't get over the fact that it was called anti-life for the longest freaking time because for me that's like unobtainium levels of bad naming mm. i mean it's oh, from the I not you do not poke yeah. fun at unobtainium, okay? You do not. Why? Are you going to defend unobtainium to me? Yes, I am. Why? <laughs> what else? What else are you going to call that? In a movie, anything. Like the core. Brian, what anything. What are you going to call that? What? Give me a name. It's it's not the core. It's Avatar. It's James Cameron, the person who single handedly resurrected the Titanic. He could have named this element anything in the world. What do you call – he had a team of writers who sat down and thought, what do you call an element that you can't obtain? And Unobtainium. someone just threw out unobtainium. And they're like, pay that man 50000 a year. Yeah, and he should. Nope. Avatar <laughs> is the highest grossing movie in box office history again. We will not be talking bad about Avatar. I don't want those blue people <laughs> hunting me down. Um. It was called the same thing in the core too. Just put it, just put it back there. I didn't know it was the same thing in the core. It's the same thing in the core. They're in the same universe. Core dropped down a bit in my rankings, by the way. How? It's already at rock bottom. It's just entertaining. It 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 was up there. So in the chat, uh I, I see that comment, Bill. I don't think these guys will get it, but I, I what? Uh Granny, Granny, where's you. my anti life equation? Yeah, I don't get it. So let's talk about Cyborg because we t- we hinted about his storyline changing a lot. Um, but it, his dad's storyline is actually there this time. And this is what I thought you were going to be happy about, Ryan, is that his dad is actually in this film. Ah, because there were two things I was kind of going for and that's one of them because I love that actor ever since I was a kid and I saw Terminator 2 I've loved that actor that's where I've seen him before um <laughs> so I was very happy to, to to see him in it not exactly a, real happy to see how he died but the reason why he died was you know I get it and it was a great sacrifice for you know the character um the other thing I thought you were going to bring up was the fact that I said, holy product placement, Batman, or before, you know, well, no, no, no. I said, um, obvious, uh, I wrote down, uh, obvious Mustang placement is obvious. And the, oh. the, 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 
And that's about the 5.0 Mustang that was parked outside the coffee shop when Lois walks out and it's like a complete grayed off black background across the street. And there by her knee is this nice, bright, shiny 5.0 on the side of a Mustang. So there was that. Um, but with him and the football stuff, that's what I thought you were going to be bringing up okay. with me. That whole sequence looked exactly like and done in almost the same style as an Adrian Peterson commercial that aired back in like 2009, 2010 for Nike pro combat padding for football players. And wow. when I saw that whole football sequence, I'm like, Oh, this is ripped off a Nike commercial. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, I never would have caught anything like I, that. I never, yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Um, Adrian Peterson did a thing for like Nike pro gear and it was just like it's rainy and gritty and people are slamming into each other and he's doing all this crazy wonky stuff on the football field to get around, but he keeps on getting hit at the same time. And it's, it had the same feel to it. I'm just like, man, man, like, like I know this is a Nike commercial and I had to Google it and it was like, oh, it's Adrian Peterson. That's who I thought it was. And <laughs> yeah, but that so, and the Under Armour thing on the back of his varsity jacket. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. That must have had like <laughs> 20 seconds of film time in this movie. Yeah. So well, he always they did some. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, because he always wears it in the uh, the Mind Palace thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just holy Under Armour Batman. <laughs> it's so comfortable. So there's there's something they do with Cyborg's character where they try to set up that he's a very smart. Like they give him a character pre turning into Cyborg, which is something the the Whedon cut didn't do. Part of his character is that he's super smart, right? He's super smart, super athletic. Mm-hmm. Can we stop showing kids as being smart? And stop like saying that a smart kid has to hack into the school's computer to change their grades. I'm so sick of that. I mean, that's what all the smart kids in my high school did. No I one's mean, done that in my high school. Chad, <laughs> and Chad, how much do you have to pay them to do that for you? Uh, <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. It's probably no one knew how to. <laughs> I'm surprised your school had computers. We, we, we had we had we asked Andrew Gooden. We had like two rooms with computers. That was about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked how they showed him dealing with his powers and the whole he can manipulate mm-hmm. the the banks and the stock market, and that they focus in on this, um, this Asian American woman who's struggling and like I don't know if it's just because of last week with everything that happened that it just hit home for me a little bit more uh but i really love that sequence okay so yeah. there's a pet peeve of mine that is about as ridiculous as devon's with the whole smart kids hacking into stuff because i want more of smart kids hacking into stuff personally so i'm just going to be on that side of the coin um <laughs> okay <laughs> Do they need to show poor people giving to charity to make people think that they deserve the charity that they're going to get? I'm tired of have of, of like seeing that in there. Like she needs help regardless if if she gives her tip money to the to 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 to, to, to the homeless guy. I think And it, I don't know, I'm sorry. So, so I think I think that was shown just to show you that even though she's in need, she is the kind of person who will help those who are worse off than her mm. at, True. At, at the detriment of herself. True. And I, and, and I totally get that. It's just, I want to get to a point where the fact that she's struggling 
is enough to convey to a general audience that she needs help mm-hmm. and that they don't need to show a scene of her being charitable during hard times for her to get the money that she has. Plus, this movie also drives home the point that money is completely made up and means nothing. <laughs> I mean... Well, <laughs> and I think you bring up a good point here. At a certain point, there is stuff that could have been cut out of this film, but because he has four hours of runtime, and there was oh, yeah. the possibility of this being a TV show, I think that would have that that makes sense to be there. I think you definitely could cut some of the fat out of this, and that's one of those moments. Like, you know, maybe not so much with her. Like, I think there are better ways. Like, you don't have to show as much. Like, um, you could cut some of that stuff, and it still drive home the point. Yeah. Um, like maybe, it's just... like maybe show her give like giving to, uh, that guy, and then show the eviction, but don't show some of the other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. see, the thing is, like, to like, I actually really like the whole sequence. I actually like how much stuff that they showed because it really drives home the point of like she's working, she's trying. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's like she's doing everything that she can. And it's just that there's other movies where they do stuff like that, where, where they'll show somebody who's in need and under, you know, that they're drowning pretty much. And then they'll show something where it's like, well, and they're also charitable. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this person's having a hard time. They're also charitable. Oh, this person's also having a good, you know, is having a hard time, but they volunteer. And it's like, okay, that's great. Can we get to a point where the fact that they're in trouble is enough? Is enough. They, is enough and this has nothing to do really with the movie this is just a whole topic thing that i see in other movies and yeah. other entertainment that i'm starting to get sick of i um, mean the cynic in me is like well they have to show it because terrible people are terrible and that exactly. you don't want you don't want like someone to walk away from that scene like well cyborg just funded her drug addiction which yeah. like if you're that don't think that exactly so but st- i mean i, I liked all of it it was yeah. just that kind of rub- that got me the wrong way. <laughs> so looking at some of the other characters, because we focused on the Flash and Cyborg a lot. Um, there's only one real big thing that they added with Aquaman that changes his story for me. And it's the Willem scene Dafoe. with Willem Dafoe. Because they kind of it, explain where he gets it. his trident and his armor in just in that scene. Because if you watch Aquaman after watching Justice League, wait, wait, how does he have a trident and armor if he has to go get a trident and armor? And that's the whole point of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that was kind of a shock for me. I guess I was because I was expecting because I remember watching the Snyder Cut and they had said, you know, starring Willem Dafoe. I went, oh, I didn't know Willem Dafoe was in this. And then. I was expecting it in the theatrical cut. And it's like, no, where's my Willem Dafoe? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have yeah. a feeling Zack Snyder just called the everyone who was in Spider-Man and just tried to get them. <laughs> yeah. Like Tobey Maguire ignored the call. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'm not doing this again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you guys think of anything else that was changed for Aquaman besides Mara's accent? Uh, they definitely, the one thing <laughs> that stuck, like they definitely made him more of basically an asshole in the theatrical cut i felt like yeah was that, yeah. Or was that just me i don't know i feel like because in the in because uh, from going this again going snyder cut to the theatrical cut in the snyder cut he was very i mean he, you got the sense of you know he kind of he does his own thing he's kind of you know mm-hmm. his own person he doesn't like to be responsible for anything but in the in the uh 
uh, in the Joss Whedon cut, and I and I saw Bill mention it too. First of all, they didn't have that weird scene where he's sitting on the the, the rope going, "Oh yeah, Wonder Woman's hot," right. and then going on <laughs> his whole thing. I don't know. They didn't have that. Plus, I felt like in this in the theatrical cut, like most of the scenes with Aquaman was him just brooding and saying, "Oh well, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Oh, dress I told is a bat. This yeah, dress is a bat. Like, yeah." It, it definitely, I like the Lasso of Truth scene, but I definitely don't need it. Like, it, yeah, it, it's a funny bit. It's a bit, but that's all it is. Like, I don't, I, I think, don't need it. More. I think I would have liked the bit a little bit more if, like, he just wasn't. If it maybe if it wasn't as much finesse. But, but I think kind of goes back to like where they were teaming up, and there was a lot of mm-hmm. that bickering. Mm-hmm. Like, because all he added to the bickering was him just being drunk in a quarter and just yeah. 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 So I think maybe maybe if they didn't have that, I would have liked a little bit better, but it just it felt like it just kind of pushed him further. It's like, okay, why do we like Aquaman? Yeah. Does anybody well, like Aquaman? Um he he has a line in this that whoever wrote this deserves credit because they actually made me um a fan of Aquaman for twenty four hours. Oh yeah? What was, what was it? This is the line. No one <laughs> no one calls me king of the surface. Yep. <laughs> and in that one line, to me, that reads that whoever wrote that line pretty much is like just putting out one giant flag to everybody who's ever made fun of Aquaman because, oh, what's he gonna do on the surface? They they pretty much wrote this line and saying, Look, we understand that this is kind of a joke with like half of you, so we're just gonna give you this to chuckle. Mm-hmm. Just to like understand that, yes, we too in the writers' room understand your, you know, your e with them. So we're gonna give you this line, and I, I was like, I'm like, you know, I, I like him now. <laughs> the the other thing with him was his introduction to the team. So there's that whole tunnel sequence, which changes a lot with yeah. the way they fight. But the the biggest difference to me was his arrival. Like there's just that one shot of him hovering in the water that's gushing into this tunnel and you just see his eyes and you see wonder woman looking at him and it's just a moment but i was like why did you cut that like that's amazing (laughs) like i love that shot so much Mm -hmm. yeah that wasn't yeah that whole scene was kind of that got changed quite a bit because that was also like where they really made Barry Allen kind of come across as kind of uh I hate him in that scene where he's like the Wheaton cut I've never fought before what do I do and, but like in the Snyder cut he's like okay I know what I'm gonna do he actually shows him like oh this is a smart person who knows like yeah because he knows how to you know how to help out and that he, really changed as I was say the other thing that and this I was kind of go back to what we were talking about before the other thing that really changes uh in the in the Whedon cut, as soon as uh, Steppenwolf showed up, I just went, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah, he, he looks completely different. We talked about this last week, but his whole character design is phenomenal. Like he's wearing like an actual suit of armor. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I love the way that the light bounces off of it. I how it moves and yeah. I love how it moves. Um, and I sent you guys uh, what I've been talking about, starting from like the first one. Chad, you didn't get this; these guys did. Um, mm-hmm. I took the song "The Pusher," which I mispronounced and said "The Punisher" on our last. What I meant was "The Pusher." The, mm-hmm. the beginning part of that song with Steppenwolf coming down out of the tube 
thing, mm-hmm. the I guess the rainbow bridge tube. Boom I tube. don't know the DC version Boom. of it. Boom tube. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it works, and I'm still upset that there is no Steppenwolf song actually in this movie. That would have been that would have been pretty nice. But you get Icelandic chanting. Yeah, no, that, that didn't work for me. One? I really want to talk about this. She looked dead, and it was creepy, <laughs> okay? I'm sorry. I know she's Icelandic. I know that they're really pale. There's not a lot of light up there because of the clouds. <laughs> I get it, okay? But her eyes are really sunken, in, and that's fine, too. It's perfectly fine. It was a combination of things. The gray, the, uh, um, the, the really gray sky. She was extremely pale. They were mm. singing out of tune. I didn't understand what was going on. When you watch it with closed captioning, there's no explanation of what they're singing in. Yeah. I would say And it's creepy. For me, I like it was very it was like, okay, this is a nice little tune, but like I guess I was sitting here going, I guess she loves Aquaman, that's why we're singing. Like I didn't know if it was like a religious thing, if it was you so, know like I thought it was a religious thing. thing. I like, looked at it as he comes to the village on the king's tide so mm-hmm. it's them chanting to as a thank you like as a yeah like as a you know worship of this being and i totally would have gotten that if more than three of them were singing and she wasn't sniffing the crap out of his sweater yeah <laughs> she could just be a fangirl like she might be that's, yeah hey that's, we, we all have our fandoms fine. we all have that's our fandoms fine. If she was sniffing the sweater and there were at least 15 people chanting along with them, then I totally would have been like, okay, it's a religious thing and she's a fan. It's fine. But there's three of them. And one of them walks forward. Mm -hmm. If Jason Momoa Momoa threw his sweater at you, wouldn't you sniff it? Yes. No. Yes, I would. Oh, I would. No, I would. That's fine if you two want to. I have... I've spent more than enough time in bars where guys like that hang out, and I'm fine. I don't need to smell any more of that. I'm sorry, but stale cigarette smoke and, yeah, stale cigarette smoke is, you guys want that? That's fine. I'm not going to hate so I'm not gonna hate on you. In, for in the chat, uh, people are saying uh, they the chanting was too extra. I would have prefer, preferred more Alfred. That's my one complaint about this movie is I wanted more Alfred. Yeah, he was. They toned great. him down a lot. In they, didn't, they didn't tone him down. They just didn't give him much. Like his, so there... his best moment is Bruce Wayne saying, "This is Alfred. I work for him," like which is a great moment. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the thing they cut the scene where Alfred says, "Do you want me to give her a note that says, you know, will you join my team? Yes or no?" Like they they cut that completely out. That was probably the thing is, and that didn't seem like a reshoot. That seemed like it was probably left on the cutting room floor, of you know of stuff that the guy who actually did this did of like the new version. It's like I'm losing my names here. It <laughs> looked it looked like it was part of the original set that was supposed to be in it, and it was cut mm-hmm. out for some reason, by the director who wanted it originally, not the replacement. Mm. So what I... Okay, so that brings up a good point, is Diana seems more on board with the team thing in this one than she did in the Justice League. So I think that that was part of the reshoots, because there is a little bit of conflict between her and Bruce of her not wanting to join the team until she knows that there's a threat, and then 
like the whole Superman thing, like that's gone completely. Like they, they're both on the same page the whole time. Like I, like, I don't think that you need Alfred making jokes about passing notes in this one as much. I she's already on board. Yeah. She, well, she, she's part of the team from the get go. Yeah, she was, she was, she was very much, yeah, part of the team. And I like the one joke that she made with the, uh, so when he talked about Aquaman, it's like, so did he say he joined? Yeah, more or less, more or less. He said no, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So my thing is that from a, from what I remember from Batman versus Superman, there was a bit of a like interest between the two of them, or at least Bruce was interested in her. And that's the angle I'm going at where even in the other version where that's where Alfred was like, okay, fine. Do you want me to like write a note as in like, you know, like in high, you know, like in middle school, like, do you like me? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was making a reference to that going to ask her because Bruce like actually liked her. Like I thought he was making a joke about his crush on her, about her joining the team. I didn't take it as, Oh, Oh, you know, there's conflict to where she doesn't want to be on the team. Mm -hmm. Because I think at that point they haven't even talked yet in the movie about her wanting to join them. So that's the angle I'm coming from on it. And why I'm like, why didn't they have it in it? So we're, we're running late, but Devin, are you still good to go? For a little bit more. Oh yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay. Oh yeah. I know it's later where you are, so I just wanted to check in. Um Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it, it's hard like there is a different dynamic in the two films between those two characters. And so I do like the Alfred making jokes like about Batman being single. Because he does yeah. that's mm-hmm. all he does in Batman yeah. Superman. He makes those jokes and he chops wood. Um, <laughs> um so let's talk about Wonder Woman's introduction in this. Because, holy hell. Mm-hmm. I like it so much better. Chad, yeah, me too. Chad, you and I went to film school. Yep. I feel like generations, a few genera- like a few years from now, in film school, they're going to be showing this scene both ways to show the importance of editing and score. And because, yep. holy hell, does it make a difference. Oh, uh, it does. 100%. I love this version of the scene so much more. The stakes are higher. Um, and all of that footage was there because I went back and watched the justice version of it. And it doesn't, it doesn't use the assets that are there. Like they focus on that briefcase, but they don't show that it's a bomb until it's already counting down. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, yeah. Cause when I watched this, the the Whedon cut, it was I. It felt like they were jumping heads. Like, okay, okay, the scene. Wait, no. Oh, there's. Oh, that's the bomb. That's the bomb, right? Yeah, that's the bomb. And yeah, and it felt a lot lighter. Like I said, the stakes are higher in the Snyder cut. They take their time to really kind of pace it out, and they really made the the bad guys. They, I felt they kind of explained the bad guys a little bit more too. They're like these are yeah. people who, like want to blow everything back yeah. to Kingdom Come, and like they show them like grabbing the kids before it because in the Whedon cut they're just like oh by the way there's kids here um I show them grabbing the kids and like the kids like see the bomb and start screaming and and yeah and it was just a lot more for lack of a better phrase badass yeah it was though no it was yeah Yeah. it was and and it was heartwarming because at the end of that you have her checking on all of these students who Mm -hmm. were just witness to all of this and held hostage yeah and that one girl who's just afraid and she goes to comfort her and says 
Like she looks at one of them and says, "Can I be like you someday?" Yep. And like, God, like yep. for a Zack Snyder movie, that that hit me right in the heart. Like that was heartwarming. Oh, yeah. Can I um, bring up one thing though that I kind of joked about, like yes. to myself when I saw it? Okay, so did she really need to blow the wall off the side of the bank? Like really? That one was a little bit much, but it set up that power for the rest of the movie where you like always knew where she was like winding up. You're like, she's doing it again. Yep. It, that, that it, it did. It did. But it just like to me, like that's a Sokovia Accords like joke right there. <laughs> like that's like, you know, like letting a plane full of people crash like in the boys. Like, mm. you, like how many first responders might have died from all that stone and marble raining down on top of the cop cars? I mean, I, I can, I can see that, but fair. I guess it was fair. A good payoff. Cause like, it, like I, said, I was jokingly like mocking it in my head when it happened, because like, I totally get it. It was really cool. I love, I absolutely love the whole thing, but like when she did it and they show the hat going down, I'm like, she blew the wall off of two stories of this old building for one guy. <laughs> At the same time, you have to remember they made a whole sequel to Man of Steel where Batman was mad that buildings fell. So maybe That's they're true. trying to set up a Wonder Woman sequel. <laughs> so while we're talking about her, then uh, chat had mentioned that I think they love not hearing me complain about Steve obsessed Diana, which I won't get into. I promise. But did she have much of a like arc in this? Because like basically everybody gets an arc in this, and she's like, okay, I'm on board with the team, and like that's kind of where she sits. I think her arc is I'm back in society now. Like I'm back to be the hero that I need to be. I mm-hmm. the world needs me right now, so I'm going to step up to the plate and play my part. Yeah, because she's the stop being who, so she, secluded. She's the one who knows about the the arrow burning at the the Amazon right. temple and does like the, the whole Indiana Jones exploration of the cave thing. But I love that. Cause I love that, you know why she knows what she does and not just like, nah, she knows she's wonder woman. Amazonians just all know this. Well, and, and I think part of it is her learning to work with the team because there is that conflict between her and Aquaman because Amazons and Atlanteans don't like each other. Um, yeah. Her arc and was finding have... out the history and not sleeping with Kristen Wiig anymore. Look, I don't... This movie makes me hate Wonder Woman 84 more because her character makes no sense after looking at where she ends that movie. And I actually really don't like that. I haven't seen it and I'm so scared to watch it. Don't. Just don't. I, I've, I've been told not to watch it. I've been told... Uh, Alan's wife even told me in chat last week like she wished she had never seen it. So, but part of me wants to watch just for curiosity. But I was it you or I thought it was Ryan that mentioned the uh, her keep mentioning the Steve. That was um, me. I I'm the one that cares about that. And I counted. I remember watching the Snyder Cut and counting how many times she watched she mentioned how Steve. many times, Chad. I think if I remember correctly, I counted three. Okay. And I'll say the first because she mentioned the one time with Bat- Batman. She's like, oh, I know someone who would have loved to fly this. I'm forgiving her for that one. It's like okay, yeah, we know about Steve. Um. The second one, I forget what the second one was, but the third one is when she's talking to uh, that scene with uh, Cyborg. Oh and yeah, that one I kind of think was 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 motivated because she was trying to relate to. That one made sense. Yeah. So, but I was counting. Good. Thank you for counting. Yeah. 
so I still don't understand the whole why the way well, you look, interpret that. But no, no, here's okay. and, and I thought about it. I distilled it after a week, and the reason that it bothers me so much is her her the point of Wonder Woman eighty four is that she needs to get over this one guy and live her life as the full independent woman that she is. Why is she still going on about him? She's yeah. independent now. The eighties happened, baby. Because okay, so We've done enough. We don't have to. We don't have to. I will say when this. You, I, 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 <laughs> go ahead. When you have somebody in your life that took up a good chunk of it, you're always going to be bringing them up one way or another, regardless if you tell somebody about it or not. I mean, and that's I'm, fair. And I I'm, can't argue with that. They knew and I'm talking o- specifically about love interests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how long ago the relationship was, how long ago it ended, how it ended, they're still going to affect who you are going forward. And depending on how strong that relationship was, even though it ended, there are times when, yeah, regardless if you say it or not, they're going to come up in your in your brain and they're going to cause you to make a decision one way or the other. Um, That's why I have no issue with her bringing up Steve. I'm I'm glad they didn't rely on it too much as her her story beat because it, it in yes. the other one it felt like it was just them pounding that into the ground and repeatedly yeah. mentioning it for no reason. I think the chat just gave me an idea <laughs> for a spin-off show that we need to do called Wait. Chad don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just a show where you try to convince me not to watch something? No, it's a show where we just yeah, make you watch bad movies and talk about them. Like, oh, Chad, I, don't, go on I love bad movies. Um, Same. Oh, that that might be a thing. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> okay, so do we want to talk about the end of this movie? Yeah, okay. I need it. it. Well, I first, need it. first of all, Steppenwolf's death was bad. Oh. Metal as <laughs> fuck. Oh, when Loved she it. comes up, oh my god, I love it. As soon as you see him start flying, I'm sorry, I've been waiting for this. He starts going into the portal. You just see Wonder Woman just. I was like, "Is she gonna do it?" And fuck yeah, she did. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, 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 but even before that, we have the Flash time travel. Yep, that was. Yeah, I was so surprised when watching the theatrical. I was like, "Okay, so how's this gonna be different?" And then it's like, "Okay, it's probably gonna be similar." I was like, "Well, no, they didn't introduce like Cyborg's parents at all. Like, so you're not gonna have that cool scene where he's like." in the cube and he sees like himself with, you know, what he wants. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, Oh, how's this? And that was for me, that was quite shocking. Cause like, I thought the way that they, cause they really set the precedent when bringing back Superman that, Oh, by the way, the flash can go faster than speed of light and try and travel. And then in this one, he kind of, he, I mean, I'll, I'll let Alan talk about that part. But yeah. And he like, that's a big thing is where he have the explosion. He goes back in time and saves everyone. It was just awesome. And it was a great moment for that character, too, because he's like, I shouldn't do this. It's dangerous, but I have to. There's no other choice. And just the visuals and like him talking about his dad. um, It really sold me on Ezra Miller as the Flash. Like, I've been iffy on him with all of the stuff that's come out about him as a person outside of the Mm -hmm. films. But as an actor. As a character, uh, that was the one moment. I was like, I can really buy him as the Flash. Um, and the one thing this movie didn't do, which I'm glad, uh, they gave everyone else their names, like Cyborg and Aquaman, but they didn't give him the name, the Flash. 
because mm-hmm. he gets that in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, which I'm glad oh, they didn't realize that. I'm, That's glad, cool. I'm glad they stuck with that. Um, but yeah, that whole end sequence uh, with Superman coming in, uh, in a black suit, in the black, in a black suit. So yeah, the scene that I was talking about before is Superman at his Fortress of Solitude, getting the suit, like with Jonathan Kent and Jor-El both doing their monologues and then the monologues changing into new dialogues. Like they, yeah, you go get them, Kent, just go, just do it. I loved it. I yeah. loved yeah. every second of that so much. I, the only thing that would have made it better was seeing Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner show up as like, as like force ghosts. That would as be long. Yeah. No, 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 no. Walking out of a field of corn, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 both of them just sitting yes. in the cornfield, like after he's back and like with Lois. They have, they have to walk through the corn, like, mm-hmm. like, like, like Bruce Wayne and Clark. They're walking towards the house, and they do the whole bit about Bruce buying, buying the bank, and then like in the background you hear like a, "Hey, son," and then they both turn around and. <laughs> Is that season two and Homer Simpson? Comes... <laughs> <laughs> and out comes both of them walking out of the cornfield. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> build it, Ray. Um, and that feeds right into my Kevin Costner fan theory. Oh, this is going to be oh, great. Oh, there we go. You guys oh, the, um, the end of the season. Okay, so let's talk about that. Uh, I bought the bank thing. <laughs> so Bruce says something that to to Clark that there are two ways of thinking about it. He's, he congratulates him. He's like, I hear congratulations are in order. Mm. Do you think that's about the engagement or something else? Something else. I think it's something else. Okay. Yeah. The engagement. I'm lost on this. Uh, she's wearing his engagement ring from that. He never gave to her from Batman V Superman. That's why when he's sitting yeah, in the, field, that's why says, I'm saying engagement because yeah, that's the only thing I knew that he would be contra- be like saying that about because of the whole like uh, her finding the ring well, and everything. Like there's something Ryan, else. Yeah, right. Uh, you remember uh, how we always talk about Chekhov's gun? <laughs> what did I miss? Uh, you missed Chekhov's pregnancy test in the drawer. In the drawer. Yeah. Seriously, yep. what scene? When when she's, she's laying in bed. When she's grabbing her press yeah. patch to go. How big is the pregnancy test? Oh, it's pretty How big. How big is it it's on the screen? Like most of the drawer. Screen. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that plays into where the sequels were going to go. Um, do we want to talk about... Do Superman. we want to talk about this now? I do. I do. So, in the sequels, Lois Lane was going to be pregnant and have a child. Later on, it was going to be revealed that it's not Clark's kid. It's Bruce's. Wait, really? Yeah. And then that kid would grow up to be the new Batman when Bruce dies. No, I actually really don't like that. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry, f- I don't like the, that it's yeah. Bruce's the, kid. The fact that they the fact that Zack Snyder told this in an interview means one of two things. One, we're never gonna get a sequel to this. Two, if we do get a sequel, that's not gonna be the storyline. <laughs> it better not Yeah. When um, it would have been awful for her character, because when would when would that have happened? Probably right after the funeral. 
<laughs> like, hey, you're, sing- because, you're single now, huh? Because, <laughs> because there's not much time between Batman v Superman and this. Like, no. there, there's very little time. Maybe like a month. That plus they made it very clear that she was in mourning because like that whole conversation between her and and uh, Martha Kent, like, yeah. oh, I heard you haven't been in work, you know, haven't been to work for yeah. weeks. It's like, yeah, she, they made it very clear that she was very much in not a great place and she was very much not doing anything. Yeah. So. Um. So that was going to be part of the sequel storyline. Gross. The other part of it was going to deal with the nightmare sequence that we got to see a lot more of in this. Um. So let's talk about that a little bit and uh, the return of Jared Leto's Joker. What did you guys think of Jared Leto's Joker in this? He didn't do the society uh, speech. He didn't. I thought he was going to do it. I think that was, I think that was a, the fact that they even had it in the commercial for the meme is damn brilliant. Like I, like Zack Snyder's just leading into the people who have been tweeting hashtag release the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. Like he did it for the meme, and that that is to me that is beautiful. That's what I, saying. I think he did it for the meme. I, you know, I didn't hate him as the Joker. I I think he was fine. I think he was kind of a lot of what the Joker could be or should be. In so I, I didn't hate him. Society, right? I mean, like in that situation, I guess that's the Joker. Sure. I don't know about if I like the whole thing about the card. But like I don't know if that's a thing the Joker does. I, I like that. Yeah. Did you it like felt that? Very two faced for me. It it felt that a little non jokery. Like that almost felt like the coin for Two Face. Mm-hmm. But I was fine with it, given the the situation that they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. I I was fine with it. The what I, the the two things that I took out of that conversation were the reach around line, which was jarring but makes sense for that version of the joker and batman's line of when harley quinn died in my arms she told me to make sure you die a slow and painful Uh, death and that's going to happen i was like damn oh yeah i want to see like the this is the first time we've seen batman and joker interact on screen since the dark knight Mm -hmm. and that was the most intense moment between those two characters I've ever seen. Cause then Joker just gives him a look. It's like, ah, you, you almost you had almost me. Had um, but Oh man, I was, I want more Ben Affleck as Batman. I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I, I, I remember I was very, I was very, yeah, I, 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 I was very cautious when I first heard about him, but I really liked that. I like him as Batman. Like he, it's a shame. We'll never get to see his version of the Batman, but I think we have Joss Whedon to thank for that. So, because those reshoots, the, the, it's, it had to be those reshoots that got him out of it. Yeah. The fact that I he was willing was. to recal up for the reshoots for this and for the Flash movie means that something happened there that we're not privy to. But seeing what these two films are, I think it's kind of obvious why he got, why he walked away. Yeah. And it sucks because they gave us a Batman with a history that's pretty much unlike what other versions of Batman we've seen so far. And, like, I wanted to know more. Like, I want to know, like, what is his relationship with the Joker? They talk about uh, about um, Robin yeah. a little bit in the yeah. – and, like, how he died, I think. 
Yeah. And like, show yeah. me that. Yeah. And you get it. Um, and then the other post credit scenes were Lex Luthor and Deathstroke setting up the mm-hmm. Batman, which we'll never see. Um, and then Bruce Wayne waking up from the nightmare and talking to Martian Manhunter, which was totally part of the reshoots. Uh, <laughs> and do you guys oh. want to see more of this? Uh, yeah, that's high praise. Uh, I don't know if you that's really high that. praise. Sorry, I just um, chat hmm? just said he's up there with Keaton. Yeah, not just not just chat. No. My wife just said he's up there with Keaton for them, for her. <laughs> um, do you guys want to see more of this? Snyderverse. Right now, the the movement is restore the Snyderverse. What do you guys think about the Snyderverse? Do you want to see more of these characters going forward? I do yes. because I think, and the, I guess uh, yeah, I because I, I think this whole the whole apocalypse scene, the Batman scene. I'm pretty sure it's an alternate timeline that was started by the Flash. Um, because because when they do the whole thing, because the the unity comes together, explodes, kills them all. And then he goes back in time, basically, and, and kind of redoes so, it. So, no, what that is, that that is the future. Uh, and they spend a lot, like, they're going to try to get the, the Flash to travel back in time to prevent that from happening. Uh, okay. So, similar, but I kind of have a back. Yeah. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah, I definitely want to see a lot more. I'm, I want to see where a lot of this kind of goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys, yeah. okay. So right now there's been a lot of news about DC's future and future projects. I think they just announced today that the, uh, writer of promising young woman, which was nominated mm-hmm. for a bunch of Oscars is mm-hmm. writing is a Zatanna film yep. for DC and bad robot. So JJ Abrams is coming in as producer on a lot of DC things coming, going forward. Uh, the new Superman script is going to be by, them do you see can you see a com- somebody like jj abrams coming on to produce and keeping these characters and rebuilding this universe from this point on not and and keeping the, the actors the same like keeping henry cavill as superman or do you see them just rebooting what do you think will happen i think they're going to reboot i mean i think i feel like with the robert pattinson batman i feel like they're already starting it and I think that they're just going to be like, all right, these are the actors we got. The movie did well. Let's just keep going, which think, is such a shame. Yeah. I think they're yeah, going to reboot. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, 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 Chad, you go. I say, I think they're going to reboot because I want to say, I think I read there was, they had an interview with the one uh, executive, I think it was, for WB. And mm-hmm. they mentioned that um, when, when they're building out this universe, they kind of wanted to let everyone kind of have their own take as like having multiple – multiple universes of the same characters in parallel timelines mm-hmm. kind of how he explained that he wanted to do go with it or how they wanted to go with it so i think we're gonna get more reboots which in one way i'm kind of excited for because i'm kind of in i i i kind of want to see different you know see what other people have to do but also i i don't want to see batman's parents die for the hundredth time right yeah so i i, I Go ahead, Ryan. Um, I would love to see a continuation of, you know, the Snyderverse, I guess. Um, But my gut is telling me that with Abrams taking the 
the uh, the wheel on this. I feel like their styles are so different that if they tried, it would not work. Well, he's not going to be mm-hmm. directing, as far as we know. He, he's going to be producing. So Bad Robot's done a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, a, not much of which has been directed by J.J. Abrams. They were responsible for Cloverfield. Um, okay. So, I get... Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, I'm fine with the reboots. Um, I feel like that exact saying that the whole like reboot and like multiple universes and all that other stuff, I feel like that's kind of a cop out. Um, but that's, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for what's coming next. I just hope that it's good and not what we had in the original <laughs> version of this. Yeah. Hope yeah. it's good. Yeah. I, I, I really don't want to see these actors go, but it, it does get to a point where what do you do if you're, not acknowledging this universe anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have Gal Gadot stay on as Wonder Woman? Is Jason Momoa st- staying on as Aquaman? Like, I think, I think there is room to build a new universe out of this film, out of these films, out of this universe with these actors, and shift the tone a bit, um, mm-hmm. and still have room to grow and to and tell stories that you want to tell with these other characters, kind of like Shazam. Like Shazam doesn't fit the Snyderverse at all, but it's still set there. So mm-hmm. I hope that's what happens. Um, I will say this about the last, the last few stingers. They did feel like end credit scenes to me. My wife's biggest complaint was that was a, they, the film had so many endings and I, I told her like, that's because of the tribute at the end. Like mm. if it wasn't for that tribute, I could see those scenes spread out throughout the, uh, the credits. Like you have a post uh, post credit scene and then mid credit scene and then tail tail end scene. Mm-hmm. I'm actually I actually like the way they did this because mm-hmm. I've never been a real fan, to be perfectly honest, of end credit scenes ever since Iron Man. Oh really? And it's, and it's and to be honest, it's one of the reasons why I don't really ever go see Marvel films when they were in theaters unless I'm invited with a group of people to go because I am not sitting through the credits at a movie theater to watch a ten second clip especially when they put important stuff in them. And it, and it always irked me for the fact that they did that. Well, it always makes this like weird tension where you're like, do we, do we stand up? Yeah. Do we, do we do it? Like, and then like, if you know that it's going to happen, but you see people, you'd be like, <laughs> idiots, you're not going to see it. That's yeah, me. And, like, I'm that guy judging yeah. you. And, you that's, me too. <laughs> and that's one more thing. That, that's was it just added to 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 the whole experience that I don't mm. like. Yeah. And the fact be like, look, I know that there's an end credit scene in this, but I don't care. I'm leaving. And then you have all the people sitting there and you and you have all the memes online of like people making fun of people who to, you know, stand up and leave as the the the, the credits are rolling. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but how long, you know, how long did you live for before you knew that there was an end credit scene to Ferris Bueller? Oh, I knew right away because they show it right at the right at the end on TBS. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm but I mean I'm just saying I hate the whole concept of end end credit scenes. Well, if you're going to do that, show it 5 seconds after the actual end of the movie and then bring it up. My my whole thing with post-credit scenes is it does make people sit there and look at the people who made the thing that they just consumed for 8 bucks. Yeah. 
and I'm fine with that. Um, the good news is Ryan for uh, Black Widow, you can fast forward on Disney Plus. So there you go. yeah, no, and, I mean I know and I do. And I do that all the, time. Um, the problem is that for for a lot of people, they just they don't look at the credits. They look at their phones. They talk to the people with them. Like yeah, I mean it. It's great that there's people's names up there and they're getting recognized, but I don't really care who who, who I don't really care who who the assistant boom operator was. It was Chad. You don't care about Chad. He was giving us those eyes. It was him. I'm sorry, but I mean, it's 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 that's my response to the whole like making. You're outnumbered by film film majors here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I am totally fine with being outnumbered by film majors. Yeah. What I want to know is, so then why is it only recently that end credit scenes are an actual thing and never in any of the stuff that you guys studied that there actually was? I mean... I didn't go to film school. I'm out of this one. It's ah. it's a gimmick to get people to stay and to piss off the movie oh, theaters yeah. because they can't yeah. clean the theaters because people are still standing there. Like, mm. it, That's a good point. Yeah. I'll admit, there's no real... So you're trolling the movie theaters. Uh, we're not. It's Kevin Feige. It's all Kevin Feige's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, uh, I'll i admit, I don't think there's any real need for, you know, post-credit sequences. They're kind of fun. Like, oh, did you yeah. know everyone? I guess I can take or leave them. Like, well, they're kind of cool. But. It's just a tease. It's so like at the end of uh, Thor: The Dark World, for example, you get you get the uh, you get Lady Sif taking the the ether to the collector, and like uh, Alan Taylor didn't direct that. That was all James Gunn. So you get a little tease of what the next thing's gonna be, like the next movie and you get the other director in there so if it, there's a tonal shift it makes a little bit more sense like Taika Waititi coming in to direct the post credit scene of Doctor Strange makes sense because it's a little bit weirder with the, the bottle of beer and all that so it, it gives you a little tease of what's coming uh, but doesn't really affect the vision, the director's vision of what you saw before those credits and it, it's now spawned my new favorite brand of dad joke, where if you're out at the movies and it's not a Marvel or superhero movie, you sit there way too long in the credits, turn to who you went with and go, do you think Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in the end credit scene? I do it every time. Ask Romana. It's what, never what was the Before COVID, <laughs> what was the last movie you did that for? Uh Oh, is it the Rebel Wilson movie? Isn't it romantic? <laughs> That's fantastic. That was the last one. He wasn't, but Thor's brother was in it. Oh, he was, wasn't he? God, why do I know Aww. that? Why do I'm I happy know you that? Um, okay, uh, do we? We had some questions from people on Facebook. Yeah, Devin, what was the what was the questions you pulled? We'll do those. So questions. the one question I. Yeah, so the one question I pulled was, um, if you guys could live in any movie universe, any movie world, what would it be? Any movie universe. I used to have a very definite answer to this, because I understand it's kind of springing it on you. I would have loved to live in the Matrix, but, like, no, the Matrix was a thing. 
like minus the whole like you know having to live a gross like grungy life i think it would be cool to like hey i'm gonna go fly now and just do that uh, i used to think about that a lot that's a tough one it's um, a tough one i would have oh. back to the future i want to have Ooh. A so just the 80s <laughs> no like Back to the Future, but present day, like that world where hoverboards actually exist, and oh, I want hoverboards. The '80s I, I vision flying, of the future. I want flying cars. That's what I want. Like the '80s vision of the future, gray sports almanac. Yeah, all that stuff. Not the Biff Tannen running the casino part of it, but everything else. Give me <laughs> that. Gotcha. Whew. Oh, my wife brought, brought up a good point. The Simpsons. Oh, that's a good one. I, I can live in Springfield. They they have a donut shop. They have the, the Quickie Mart. Who needs the Quickie Mart? I do. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'd probably want to live somewhere I could have magic. Somewhere I can, like, where I could, where I could just be lazy and be on the couch and, like, a cup of water come to me. Or, Magician's like, Apprentice starring Nicolas Cage. Got it. Maybe not quite like that. Uh I don't know. Probably I like that movie. Shut up. <laughs> I did too. I liked it too. <laughs> okay, I thought good. it was a good movie. I wanted, I wanted to make sure that wasn't like a diss or something. No, 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 no. I have no opinion. I've never seen it. Oh, it's um, a good movie. Yeah, I don't know. It would, it would definitely be either like either Lord of the Rings universe or I don't know, maybe Harry Potter. So, like I said, somewhere where I can just make my life easier just by using magic. That'd be cool. You, you Chad, you just want to live in the Wally ship, don't you? I want to live in the Wally. Ship. I mean, in a way, but in the, in the, I guess yeah, but not technology. But okay. not with technology, okay. with magic. <laughs> okay. Brian? Uh, Ryan, what's yours? So the first two worlds or universes that popped in my head was Starship Troopers and Star Trek, and I'm not sure which one I want to go to. Star Trek would be cool. Starship, Star Trek Starship cool. Troopers would be horrifying. Yeah, you want. Do you want to do your part, Ryan? Is that it? No, no, it's not that. It's the fact that I enjoy Starship Troopers so much that mm-hmm. it just living to see how the actual like world is would be interesting. Like as a civilian, not as a military person. Like to see how the the government, the world actually works, how many planets they've actually colonized, like stuff like that. Like just the whole world building part of it. But the Star Trek thing comes to mind because, to be honest, Deep Space Nine is my favorite TV show, period, that's ever aired um, from what I've seen. And Mm -hmm. I love the concept of that space station and Bajor. And I love the world and I love the culture that they built for that planet. And so be, be, be like a Starfleet medical officer that's doing research on Bajor or something. Okay. Cool. I hate the fact that that's where I'm landing, but because I mean, like, I'm thinking of like the video games that I play and like those worlds, and I'd love to be in like I would love to do the whole division thing, but I mean, to be like a an all powerful secret agent running around with a technology that I shouldn't have in the mid of a like uh, uh, a Ebola outbreak. I mean, it's cool in the video game, but I don't know if I'd actually want to do that. <laughs> but that, that's kind of also the thing, right? Like, cause I guess if you're going to include like video games, board games, I'd probably want to be in like the D and D universe or something. But like, again, with magic and I'd like to think like, Oh, I'm going to be the hero that like goes on adventures. No, I'm probably gonna be the commoner that gets killed. Like the, yeah. Well, what, what's the universe you don't want to live in? Because for me, it's definitely like the Matrix or 
like Fortnite because you got the Predator, Terminator, Alien, like all oh, those yeah. things on one island. Like, no, I don't nope. want that. <laughs> Even with Captain America Shield, I can't really do anything with that. Joss Whedon's Justice League. Good <laughs> <laughs> one. Um, I guess I would have said for one, I don't want to live. I guess I would have said Starship Troopers because while the technology is cool, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, like you have to join the military to become a citizen in that universe. Yeah, that's yeah, scary. but the the only thing that that grants you is to be able to do government service. If you don't want to be involved in if you don't want to be involved in government, you don't have to go in into to, to the military and if you want to do literally almost anything else, you just got to fill out one extra form of paperwork and that's it. And you're still granted all but as a civilian, you don't have to put your life on the line and you still enjoy all of the benefits that everybody else does. Like, that is literally the only difference. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's coming from the book. Uh, <laughs> see, I've never read the book, so. <laughs> um, Devin, how about you? One that you wouldn't want to live in. I feel like... I feel like I wouldn't like to live in... in Jensen, is a joke. I wouldn't want to live in the DCEU, like, at all. Just like I don't want, I don't want like the fact that like there are like real gods just messing with people's lives for the hell of it. Like I don't like that. I don't like that. Like you know, I don't. I, that we can make a doomsday just because Jesse Eisenberg had an idea. Like I don't want that. Just enjoying yourself in the apartment, and Superman just comes bursting through the wall. If and you, like, and and I'm just the like the cutaway character. Superman, you would have been the one who killed Superman. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Trying to think. Uh, I don't know if I want to live in the Star Wars universe. No? No. Like, it sounds all cool and stuff with the Jedi and all that, but then you watch, like, the Mandalorian and how fragile their spaceships are and, like, can be held together with fishnets. Like, I don't want that in space. Like, I don't know why I just turned into the EG level. Like, no, I don't want that. No. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in the Star Wars universe, you definitely want to be, like, in the inner planets. Like, not on the outer rim. Yeah. Because that's where, that's where you get all the hot, you know, job of the hut. And, but you know, the, you but the good news is, if you want a good story, you can just name yourself Skywalker. So. You just there, do it. There you go. That's it. That's uh, all you have to do. Uh, Completion of an I arc. kid because I, I, I kid because it's, it, it's funny. Um, the only thing that I have in my head right now is any older Disney cartoon. Because if I had to wake up every morning to singing animals, I'd go nuts. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, besides a joke, um, no, I don't think that's a be, joke. I think that's a good answer. Like, I wouldn't want real. to live in Song of the South either. Yeah. And, <laughs> um. The uh, Alien Blade Runner universe would not want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can yeah, agree. Oh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. just because of the hyper economic situation that they have going on, I would not want to deal with that at all. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm glad you looped them in together as one universe, though. So. Oh, they are the same universe. Like I'm definitely set in that. Oh, so. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that about does it for our review of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Um. I believe next week on the rotation, it is Ryan's turn to have us watch something. So, Ryan, what are you going to have us watch for next Tuesday? Two monsters are going to go at each other, guys. And we need to prep for this because I know Alan has not seen 
Godzilla, the King of Monsters. And before this new one comes out, he needs to see it. So we're going to do Godzilla, King of Monsters, and we're going to prep for the new Godzilla movie. Which we will also be doing a review of because I just said so. Uh, um, Okay, yeah, so that'll be... At the same time? Uh, Well, when it comes out. At at some point. It's 31st, right? Yeah, Yeah. it comes out Friday. Mm. It comes out next Friday, so... Okay. Um, All right, well, I think that does it for tonight. So next week, tune in for Godzilla King of the Monsters right here Tuesday at 8 o'clock. But Monday night, tune in for our watch-along of our superhero movie March Madness winner Thor Ragnarok. Um, we will be live streaming that with you guys, giving our own commentary, talking about it, answering questions, chatting with you guys. If chat was anything like it was tonight, it's going to be a blast. Um, hope to see you there. Chad, thank you very much for joining us for our 200th episode. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Now, Chad, there've been 200 (laughs) episodes of you have to watch this podcast. Which one is your favorite? I know you've listened to them all multiple times. I think it's going to be this one. I just really like the conversation we had and it just, it just flowed very well. And I like the topic and you know, Ryan is beautiful. It it just really worked out. And that like guest star we had on. Oh, that guest star was just amazing. Okay. So what's your favorite one that you weren't on? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) I think probably the one where you guys talked about the Muppets. Okay. Oh, yay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Because I'm a huge Muppets fan, and I was very active in the chat that night because I I was very upset that Devin had never seen the Muppets because I think I I Devin is just Muppet material. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I am though. If I shave this beard, it's a hundred percent Muppet. So I guess I guess True. Same, same question for you two. What what has been your favorite episode up to this point of the first two hundred? My favorite episode, hands down, is the um, RoboCop episode. That okay. was the one movie, me going in, that I was like, I like had my like scathing notes. I was like, I hate this movie. Here we go. I'm just going to tear it apart. And you guys genuinely convinced me otherwise. And it is very high on my list of rewatch because of it. Okay. You haven't re-seen it yet? No, not yet. Okay. Ryan, how about you? Well, I was trying to bring up our list on Podbean for me to like relook at them real quick, but because I had to like factory reset my phone, all of my stuff's gone. So I gotta yeah. go off memory now. <laughs> um, it, it, this is tough because I, well, I, I, I can give you mine I like a while. Them. I can give you mine okay. a while. I think for me, the chef episode that we did in person was that really was cool. Fun. Because we had food, and I like food. Uh, and, it, and it was nice being in the same room with both of you. Like, we, Ryan and I would do the show together. And then when Devin joined, he was across the country in L.A. But finally getting to sit down, the three of us in the room, it was an audio nightmare. But it was really, really fun conversation. Uh, and I hope to do it again someday. Like, I don't know how it'll work with the stream, but I'll make it work. Uh, okay, right. so, because okay, so. I have a tie, actually, and you guys are either going to roll your eyes and go, oh, of course, like, this totally makes sense for you. Um, honestly, it's in between Moneyball and Bull Durham. Okay. Bull, Mainly Bull, because... Bull Durham was a good one. I like yeah. that one. 
and the, the reason why is because like as much as i like movies i like baseball like just as much and mm. i like finding people that either like it as much as i do or i can get them interested in it and mm. i feel like those two movies came really close to like ye, both of you guys kind of getting it mm-hmm. to a point and i just i i loved the baseball discussions that we had in the uh in those two. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed those. So, well, you, the good news is, Chad, you can go back and watch our Bull Durham episode on our YouTube channel, uh, and oh, you can really? listen. And you can listen to the Moneyball episode wherever you li- listen to your podcasts. There you go. Uh, so, I didn't know. so one more question for Devin and Ryan uh, is: Is there one film that you were made to watch on the show that you have gone back and revisited because you enjoyed it that much? I know for me, I just rewatched The Godfather. I don't know why, oh, that's cool. but I had the craving to rewatch The Godfather when I got Paramount Plus and saw it was on there. Put it on the big screen at work. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna work and do. I'm gonna work and watch The Godfather." Um, is there any movie that you guys have rewatched that you were made to watch on the show? That's a really great question. I don't think so. I don't do a lot of movie rewatches. I always have these like grand ideas. Like I always want to do movie rewatches and then I just don't, uh, which is more of a character flaw. If you had to rewatch a movie that you were made to watch right now, what would it be? If I had to like stop the stream and go watch a movie. Yeah. Robocop. Okay. Hands down Robocop. No, actually Robocop or um, Starship Troopers. One of those two. Okay. Brian. Uh, I'm kind of in Devin's boat. Like I'm looking through the stuff that I didn't have you guys watch. And mm-hmm. even, even stuff I really, really liked, I haven't gone back and watched it yet. Um, but if I had to pick like to go right now, UHF and clerks too. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What good choices. I've got a, I got a Kevin Smith story to tell you guys after the, after the show. Um, oh, I'm excited, but yeah, those those are both good good ones. You, I I can't believe you never saw UHF. Like that still baffles was, me that I had to bring that to you. It's, it, it, I think I talked about it on the cast. It was one of those things where it's like I knew existed because of VH1 pop up video when I was a kid. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they talked about it playing during one of his like you know uh, videos. And I was like, okay, but it was never available anywhere. Yeah. So I so I found out what the cover was. It was one of those things where like it was burnt into my memory. If I ever see this anywhere. I'm going to get it or rent it and then I'll watch it. But it was never available at 48 hour video. It was mm. never available at Blockbuster. It was never on HBO or, or, um, or Showtime when I wasn't in school. Yeah. And then when it came to like getting it on like DVD, it was never at Walmart where I worked for the longest time. So it was one of those things where it's like, I, I was actively looking for it. I just never came across it until you were like, here, I have it. I'm like, Oh, finally I get to see this movie. <laughs> it's like, all right. So I think that does it for our 200th episode. Uh, thank you for e- to everyone who tuned in, not only tonight, but for any of our 200 episodes. Uh, we don't do this for money. We do this for the hell of it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've done 200 episodes so far. We're going to do 200 more, I hope, if we can come up with that many movies. Um, oh, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the list always seems to grow because they keep making movies. So <laughs> maybe funny, not. La- maybe not last year. Yeah, right. They're they're getting back into it. Uh, 
Chad, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'd love to have you back sometime. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Um, thank you very much. Good to be here. Thank you to everyone in the chat. If you're watching us on Twitch, make sure to hit that follow button. Uh, we go live every Tuesday with shows like this. Uh, and then we have bonus content throughout the week. Uh, some gaming stuff, some other uh, pop culture review stuff that we do. Uh, once there's a big uh, trailer or something, we'll probably do some reactions to that live. Um, for right now, there really hasn't, really hasn't been much. Um but yeah, make sure you hit follow. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram for show updates uh, and programming notes. You can also listen to our show on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, you can watch older episodes of the show on our YouTube page. You have to watch this podcast. Uh, and until next time for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. I'm Devin. I'm Chad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they've never had to deal with us us united see you next time <laughs>